You have come to a place where all sports matter. And some sports just matter more than others. This is the LTV Sportscast. And now your host, Leighton. Welcome sports fans to another episode of the LTV Sportscast. English Premier League Game Week 3. Now I know we've barely caught our breath after Game Week 2 has ended, but the show is coming out a little bit early because I am traveling this week. But I want to make sure that you get the news, all the tips and chips, which will come out later. So if you are jamming FPL, the Pods Bragging Rights League is open. It's free to play. Free entry. Bragging rights up for grab. Code is G94H2J. That's Golf 94 Hotel 2 Juliet. Now we'd love to get your feedback for the show. So drop us a mail at feedback at LexingTV.com. The email address will be in the show notes. As well as if you'd like to be a guest, just drop me your deets there. And any feedback is welcome. And remember to follow us on Twitter at LTV underscore Sportscast. And follow us on Instagram. Just search LTV Sportscast. Now there's a small plea to support the show. You can buy us a coffee on coffee.com forward slash Leighton TV. That will also be in the show notes. Joining us today, the big man Jay. Jay, how's it going, man? Good evening, Leighton. How's it uh, going? Going okay. Going okay. Slow but... Slow but surely, looks it looks like this season in FBL. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to to discuss some of the the crazy happenings of this uh, past weekend. Okay, now Jay, we're, we're going to mix it up. We're going to change up a little. We've heard we've heard some feedback, and uh, so this is this is how we're going to break down the show. So, if you are listening out there, this is how the show is going to go forth from now on. Well, for the unforeseeable future. So, what we'll do is we're going to hit that game week. We're going to discuss the matches. Not too much in FPL detail, but more about the matches itself. But that's going to give us a lot of thoughts onto how we're going to build our FPL teams, which will come in after the game week preview. So that will be our tip and chip segment. And that's where we're going to cover the bragging rights leagues, the top performers, the game week must haves, you know, the, the stars, if you will, uh, the game week avoid players like the plague, you know, like if you want to social distance from them, you want to keep them away from your team, make sure you do that. And then the game week differentials, the sneaky snipers that are going to get you those points that no one else has. And then we're going to update the LTV Cerberus team. Jay, are you ready for this? Let's do this. Let's you do got this. your coffee? I've got my water. My coffee is on its way. Okay. Since we are going to split the show technically in two, there's going to be the whole show, and then there's just going to be the FPL segment uh, cut off from the show. So I'm going to be pushing that both out onto, uh, onto the platforms. That means we can really unpack. So feel free. So if, if that throat is feeling fine and you're, and you're good and you're healthy, nice and strong, uh, don't be afraid to give us your thoughts because we open out this week with a humdinger. Man City look to put another five past a bottom of the table mediocre team at best Arsenal. Slayton, that's a. Uh, I don't know whether that uh, whether Pep keeps Arteta in a job. Um, I think there was uh, there was one of the games that they encountered against each other and Pep. Pep gave him some high praise, and uh, I think he's been surviving uh, off that praise that Pep has bestowed upon Mikel Arteta. Um, Isn't Pep going to rotate him as well? <laughs> uh, I I I feel for that. I feel for that Arsenal team and for that Arsenal bunch of supporters. I I definitely think uh, Arteta's has probably a long-term plan, but whether he stays in the job to to bring it to fruition, 
um, almost very similar to where Lampard was last season after the, all of the money spent and some of those signings. And if you think of Havertz and uh, Timo Werner flattering to deceive, um, Lampard did have a little bit more time than what Arteta has. But uh, yeah, they, they've, they've not scored any goals. Um, having said that, there's been talks of COVID with uh, Aubameyang at a stage in the Lacazette and apparently Ben White as well went down with COVID over the weekend. Uh, I just don't know if he's going to have the time. The, the, the Arsenal fans are highly frustrated. Uh, so maybe Pep gives him an opportunity uh, with maybe either a low-scoring win for, for City or, or maybe even a draw that Arsenal come away with. <clears throat> having said that, and I called City having to be a uh, low-scoring game uh, against Norwich, and they put five pass, but I, I must say that I think the, the first three goals, uh, first two, in fact, were pretty scrappy, and uh, it didn't look that they were going to score for a long parts of the game uh, in terms of a striker and finishing. So I think all the stuff that Pep's doing, and I must talk about uh, Gabriel Jesus playing on the right there, I think it was a master stroke. Two, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was it was something to to behold to to see that they played. They almost never played it to the center, but when they did, it was almost a guaranteed goal. It will it, it will kind of felt that way. Your thoughts on that? Well, it looks like the team is crying out uh, for a striker. I mean, the talks. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, how far Harry Kane is in terms of getting into the picture. Uh, I still believe Daniel Levy is going to ask for way too much of money. Uh, but maybe if the Bernardo Silva transfer takes place, then uh, they, they, Man City raises uh, the money legally in terms of financial fair play to afford Harry King. Silva goes, uh, I think he's going to Italy, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I think then, then Harry Kane is a must-have because the amount of balls, as you said, that they put into the centre. And uh, City is a team that doesn't have a big striker, or they have no striker at the moment, but they don't have players mm. who are Aerially uh, capable as such in terms of headers, etc. Uh, poor Torres tried his heart out, and he was just about a second off the pace uh, for the first two goals. And I had him in my FPL team. So I think, based on the fact they struggled in that that first twenty-five minutes to find that clinical that clinical edge that you expect from a city which they had under Aguero, and I kept on looking to see is Torres probably a young Aguero, uh, because again, I had him in my side, so I'm looking for some hope. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. he didn't deliver, and the rest of the guys, I think Marius came off the bench and got a goal uh, as well. What and a yes, nice finish though, eh? He took that ball down sweetly, and perfect placement. Now, I, and that's also because I'm hoping Pep is listening to this, because uh, Marius is in my uh, fantasy FPL team, and we're just asking you, don't be a dick about it. <coughs> The guy's fantastic. Just let him play week in and week out. <laughs> well, I hope for your sake, uh, Pep's listening. Uh, in fact, I was I was hesitant whether uh, Torres would start, but at least he got Torres in the starting lineup. But five goals and to come away with uh, no return from an FPL point of view is pretty pretty uh, abject. Uh, but he did so score one, which were one fantastic finish, which came off probably one of the. And I don't want to. Get, I don't want to get into it, Jay. But 
it feels like it feels like it's the same old devil that we keep seeing a super light touch and then it's a foul i mean it was uh, who who was dragging his leg uh, whichever player it was but you, you know the incident i'm talking about right before torres's goal um the the norwich player that was dragging his leg slowly behind and then you know minimal contact I think he goes it was down rashika rashika i think it was him yeah that had his and then Oli, I read some, some article with Oli busy complaining that they said he's worried that they're going to try to make uh, football too much like rugby with all this contact that they're allowing. Yeah, I, I, even, I even saw a, a, a meme where they're looking, the next signing for, for Man United is going to be Eben Ensebeth in yeah. order to counter the, the physicality. And I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I think I think the referees and and VAR. So we haven't we haven't screamed and complained about it like we did last season mm-hmm. in the first two podcasts. Um, I think um, the penalties and the VAR calls have improved significantly. Yeah. I think the referees are allowing a lot of contact or, or a fair amount of contact, being a contact sport, and they're not blowing uh, easily for that. So it, it makes it a better watch. But I think also I think I alluded to this uh, previously is that <clears throat> with the fans in the stadium. I don't think the referees are going to allow those those tentative or, or borderline calls to go against, uh, especially the, the the home team as well. So <clears throat> I think the referees have done a good job. We we we've slated them a lot last season. Mm. This season, thus far, I've got no 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 qualms with any referee calls and decisions as such. I think it's all been there and thereabouts. If 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 it's been borderline and if it's a mistake, we just write it off uh, to that in terms of variance. Yeah. I, um, I was I was just a little bit bleak to see. Uh, I thought uh, when when that foul was given, I was like, fo- football did not win yet today. Uh, that, yeah, the, 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 the Norwich Man City uh, foul. Yeah, we both had we both had Torres in our yeah, uh, Scrap scrap uh, that idea. I mean, it could have been anyone. When I'm just saying when they went through the the replay, and you, when you can see a player dragging his leg behind. Uh, looking for that contact. That's that's the part that gets to me. It should be like, listen, he was he, he was going out of his way to make sure that there was uh, contact, and because there was there was contact, you know, let uh, let it be. Yes, it led directly to a yeah, it, it led to a goal directly after that. But that is not enough. It should not have been enough to cause a a call for a free kick because. And yeah, we can say it was about Tories uh, being on our FPL side. So the question is, Jay, let's say it was a Newcastle situation and and you, and you don't have St. Max in your team, do you? In your no. FPL team, you don't. But let's say St. Max scored and that put your team, Newcastle, in front and it gets pulled back because of a foul like that. Would you be happy? I think as a... As a fan over the last two years watching uh, the Premier League, especially with VAR and the referee decisions, I've I've become probably thick-skinned uh, to to these calls at the moment. Uh, Compliant, overall, <laughs> Exce- uh, someone that can push over. What? Uh, I, I I mean we we're not going to be now. Like I mean, which I think it was the red card last night, uh, and uh, I, mean, I saw Casper come up to the referee and get in the referee's face, and I'm and I'm thinking to myself. Um, Footballers' IQs must be very, very, very low because in all the years that I've watched football, I've never seen a referee overturn his card. I, I don't know if you have. So 
despite all the protestations and and even the players really, really getting aggravated about the call, I've never seen in my time of watching football a referee rescind a card based on player protest, and yet they still do it. So <clears throat> the point I'm making is that I think as time goes on and as the referees make these these tougher calls in terms of allowing the, the physical contact, I think in due course the players will, will probably stay firm knowing that they're not going to get the, the call in, uh, the, in their favour. So hopefully they, they stay on their feet and they don't go to ground as much and as often. And I must commend uh, another team, you know, a team that you support. I haven't seen... Uh, I haven't seen... Uh, Sadio Mane and Mo Salah get onto the, the diving board this season as yet. So whether they've adapted to the rules or they've not been given an opportunity to, to dive, but <clears throat> a lot of players who were susceptible to, to diving in the past, uh, can you believe it? It's two matches and Bruno Fernandes hasn't had a penalty. So it seems that these decisions in the call, so uh, I think overall the referees will start to make these calls in favour of football to win. But I think it'll take time. Mm. So I want to, to answer a, long, a very long answer to a short question that you posed. Uh, I still wouldn't be too disappointed currently, as I believe it'll take some time for for it to bed in. Uh, so I'm still I'm still compliant and accepting of these calls uh, for the slightest of touches. Uh, I think the okay. last two years and VAR... Change, change, change the dynamic here a little bit. It is game week 38... It is the 90th minute, and Newcastle have to win to stay in the Premier League. And a player, let's call him John Joe Shelby, who has a history of getting cards, happens to uh, be the reason he makes that much contact on your opposing team right before the ball gets passed to... Callum Wilson, who would not be in your FPL team at that time, would you still feel that that uh, that foul warrants or that contact would warrant a free kick? Yes or no? I think I think uh, uh, no. Uh, no. There we go. I think 30, in thirty-eight weeks, uh, thirty what thirty-seven weeks from now, I think absolutely no. Okay, okay. If you say so, I'm just saying, Jay. The the rules a, a free kick today should be a free kick tomorrow should be a free kick in thirty six weeks time. It, it I think there until, should be a consistency until there's punitive measures against the simulation and the players going down. So when they catch you on the shoulder or upper chest and you grab your face, I believe uh, the VAR need to step in on that and either immediately inform the referee uh, that's a yellow card. You're trying to uh, defeat the defeat the rules of the beautiful game and that should be penalizable that is just uh, that's just that's not on and we've got i think i think in a premier league game there's 36 cameras um on the on uh, covering the stadium and you can't you can almost get away with nothing so i believe the uh, players need to start uh, conducting themselves and, and letting uh, fifa talks about they talk about fair play and i think that's a very big part of, of fair play is not to not not to try and, and buy a foul or buy a card or get something in your favor uh, illegally and with all the cameras there let's hope some states until they do that until they do that these players are still going to do the Neymar and, and roll across half the pitch uh, until they're actually co- uh, brought to book for it roll, roll all the way to the referee's feet 
<laughs> ask him for the free kick and then roll all the way back. Yeah, you're probably right, and it's uh, it's a little sad, but again, uh, not as sad as the Arsenal supporters must be. Not as <sighs> sad as their goal threat has been a little bit uh, a little bit lackluster, to put it mildly. I mean, they've got look after this time. Uh, kudos to them; they've got the same amount of points as Newcastle, Burnley. Norwich and Wolves, and they're only one point behind Leeds and three points behind Leicester. But is there a way back for this Arsenal team when we when we start poking fun at them? Is it going to be under Arteta? Do you think Arteta makes it to Christmas? Right now, no. Um, but I think the way back, and I think that needs to be quantified as to what what we believe they sh- where they should be. Uh, they're definitely not playing like a top ten side at the moment. So if they if they finish around tenth or eighth, uh, is that a fair result for them considering the lack of quality players? And I don't, I I I still don't, I'm not in favour or don't agree with the the signings, especially that of uh, Ramsdale for nearly thirty million. Uh, Odegaard. Uh, hasn't he didn't he didn't set the Premier League on on fire the last time he was here on loan, and yet they went back and and signed him. Um, so I I don't know. I think Ben White is still. I I, I really rate Ben White. I think he's he's his money well spent, and I have to pause there because mm-hmm. right now the Arsenal fans are not going to believe that. I think I think Ben White's uh, a fairly decent signing for them. Uh, it's up top uh, that, that, that there's an issue because Martinelli, Saka, Pepe, uh, Balogun, um, there's no goals. So in order to win a football match, you need to score goals. Um, <clears throat> and I think the fans are questioning to you, to, the, to your point. They're questioning whether whether Arteta's got a got a, form, a formula, he's got a formation, in, or he's got the nous and tactical capability to win games. Uh, he's won them an FA Cup. He's won them a community shield, which they were so happy with. Um, how did he go about winning that FA Cup if he, uh, if he was that poor? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I to answer the question, no, he's not in a job come Christmas. Um, if Arsenal don't crack the top top eight at least by then. Okay. Man City, obviously, they, they played against uh, a Norwich team, which I think, for like you are saying, um, the way that City did play, Norwich didn't exactly put up a real threat. They 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 didn't really. I don't I don't know what Norwich's game plan was against City, but the fact is City did get five goals, and City will have to use that to build some confidence again um, after what was it three losses in a row that they had. I think that three. I think from, yeah, I think it was. Uh, Champions League final, as mm. well as the the first game against Tottenham, and I think and one other. Yeah, in the Community Shield. Um, late, I don't know uh, the way he rotates players. So if you you're the one that scored and you're not starting, uh, that's going to be frustrating. Um, so it's interesting. Sterling came off the bench, and I see this week Grealish played in the exact Sterling position, and he mm. looked a lot more uh, attacking and a lot more involved. Um, so Sterling gets captaincy if, when he comes onto the field, though. Uh, he is 39, if I'm not mistaken. Fernandinho, Kevin De Bruyne, 
Sterling. If that's the order, that, I think they've got. If I, I think there's four club captains, and, and then Kyle Walker Ica, is Gundogan. The, no, Gundogan is next, I think. No, I'm saying including including Gundo and Kyle Walker. I think that's that's the captains. I'm sure sooner or later Diaz will probably get the captain's armband as well. Yeah, he rotates that too. <laughs> so exactly. So as you alluded to, building confidence and getting. But if you were not, if you were were in the, in the squad and scored those goals against Norwich, and then now you start against Arsenal, and I'm sure Kevin De Bruyne starts, then he's probably going to be a key individual in that game. Uh, but he hasn't had that much game time, Premier League minutes underneath his belt this season. Yeah. Um, it's City. Well, does City look at Arsenal and think it's an easy game? Not at all. Not at all. Um, I'm just, as I said, uh, just just for the narrative of Offit, that uh, he may do he may do Ar- uh, Arteta a favor and let Arsenal <laughs> off easily. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I don't know if that <clears throat> works. So, uh, but anyway, obviously the victory to to Man City. Uh, Again, probably a two 0 there, and don't ask me who scores the goals uh, because who scores the goals. The, the goals for City come from anywhere. Uh, I think Cancelo is due. He's been shooting like a mad player for a bit from long distance. Um, even Rodri as well. So, but um, out of the two goals, one of them either for Cancelo or for Rodri uh, for for City. The other one, sure. For your sake, I'm going to say Riyad Mahrez. Yeah, I, I, I obviously, when we get to the FPL side of things, uh, we'll we'll discuss uh, discuss my idea because I, again I have Mares and Torres, so who who knows who who actually who really knows what's going to happen? For all we know, Torres could come off the bench and score a hat trick. I mean, it is Arsenal after all; they have conceded four goals in two games with a little attacking threat, which I think suits. Which suits a city, um, and yes, it is the early game of the day. But there's no reason to believe City can't go out there and get another three, at least against Arsenal. I don't, I don't know. Um, you, you look at confidence and how confidence builds over time, and you build momentum. You, you can, you can build negative momentum. You know what I mean? It's it, when when the ball is rolling the wrong direction, it's a it's a little bit uh, difficult to stop that that avalanche. It something something has to break for Arsenal to change, uh, and yeah, maybe it's their transfer market strategy that they're going through. That when you look at their team, do you look at any player and go like, wow, he's you know hands down amazing that this this is a world beater. One person. No, not at all. Give me one. Not currently. Currently, no one out of that Arsenal side. You compare it to West Ham. West Ham, you say Antonio immediately. You say Antonio. You, you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, that's there." You you look at Chelsea. You you look at uh, Liverpool. You look at Tottenham. I mean, Tottenham are not not in the Champions League, but they have uh, they have Son and they have Kane. And you look at United. I'm trying to think. Everton. You even say DCL is there. I mean. I've just mentioned those players. You look at Leeds and you say Rafinha. You know? You look at Arsenal and you say, eh, they're pretty, there's some pretty good guys. They're, they're not I bad. They're, they're, they're a little bit of a right. <laughs> I think Saka would be the one and he's so un, 
untested and he's so young, mm. uh, he would be the only Arsenal one in terms of potential. Does he Currently, thrive in a team like that? Or do that, does it shot, hamper him? Well, he hasn't looked that great. He looked, he looked off the pace. The, people, the commentators were referring to he doesn't look fit. So that's interesting. So we, I'd like to see and, and make my mind up on Arsenal with the Lacazette and Aubameyang full fitness, uh, playing up top and see if that, what, what's, what's the situation there. Uh, but they still look susceptible in defence. Mm. Um, the keeper, they're trying to play the ball out the back. They, he's, Lino's terrible at that. I don't rate Ramsdale. With Ben White now with COVID, uh, I don't know. With a, a, and, uh, uh, there was memes and people people talking about the way that Lukaku dealt with Pablo Mari in terms of he really bullied him. And um, and we'll get to this a bit later, but everyone's now talking about the the, the head-to-head of uh, Virgil versus uh, Romelu. So again, but uh, yeah, Pablo Mari looked out of his depth for Arsenal. So Arsenal, Arsenal's got a lot to do. Yeah. To come right, we were bullish on them, especially the way that they finished the season last season. Maybe it was because the rest of the teams decided to take an early Christmas break and gave Arsenal. They the came back and won the Shield too. Run. No, no, yes, no. Um, no. The Shield was Chelsea. Shield was Chelsea. Uh, yeah. Leicester, sorry, Leicester, the blue Leicester. team, Leicester. Yes. Leicester won the Shield. Um, so I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think it's important. I think and. Uh, and I'll touch from an FBL point of view here, is that it's still early days. Uh, decisions and, and the things that we think we know uh, from week to week, it's changing and the variance is quite significant. So I think it's still early days to judge Arsenal uh, on two performances. Um, we think of, uh, I think I think the West Ham side had lost two games on the trot at the start of the season as well and yeah, we wrote them yeah. off. No, we didn't. Last well, year we said they were having a tough start. And we expected it to be rough. Okay, given Arsenal did play Chelsea in the second game, which is an amazing team, but they did lose to Brentford in the first game, which was a team new to the Premier League. I mean, you expect a little bit more. So, Jay, um, I've given a final score of 3-0 to City. Um, and the only fence that Arsenal rattle might be an own goal, um, a net that they rattle. But uh, your your final score prediction on that one? 2-0. 2-0? 2 <laughs> to Man City. Okay, so another two nil uh, against Arsenal. Okay, so that that won't be great for them. Now we did mention, or we just did mention, obviously that Arsenal had lost their first game two nil to Brentford. Brentford have gone win draw in the Premier League. They drew with Crystal Palace, and are they where, where we originally thought they were going to be a one man team? Like everything was going to go through Tony. It seems it seems to be that I know they didn't get a goal against Crystal Palace, and I, I can't remember if I said I thought it could be it end up being a draw over there. I, th- I said it could be a nil nil. I can't remember, maybe. But I, I was I was thinking more that I'd land on the the Brentford side of things um, if if I was going to pick a winner. And Brentford, obviously, they they had more more attempts on goal. Um, more attempts and more attempts on goal. Uh, they they did lack Premier League clinical finishing, and they could have got the result there. You know, traveling to Crystal Palace, they could have got the result there. They probably should have got the result there, but the team does look like a cohesive unit. It feels like everyone 
over there. Maybe it's that new Premier League vibe, like, hey, we're new to the Premier League and we must do our best and we're going to come out there and we're going to play attractive football and we're going to go there and maybe we grind a few games and we get some results and then, you know, we're going to get those points and see where we land up at the end of the season. Brentford have really attacked the Premier League like we expected them to. I think I think from their from the energy and, and and the way that they go about their business, absolutely. I, however, I think everyone expected uh, Tony to be exploding with goals and for him to come at that championship form into the Premier League, and he hasn't he hasn't registered a goal as yet. So I think it's interesting to see how Tony adapts because uh, everything for Brentford that's positive comes out through him, and obviously Mvuemo who's a very busy, is a very busy, out-of-position uh, second striker. Mm, so one corner's two, eh? wasn't he? <clears throat> I can't recall. Um, so I think, I think Brentford will, uh, will benefit uh, as soon as Tony gets amongst the goals. And maybe, maybe he scores goals in, in, in bunches. So he may be a, a, a dry spell. And in all fairness, it was a, supposedly tough Arsenal uh, defensive team and uh, Crystal Palace don't ship in a lot of goals in general so they still have a lot of the Roy Hodgson uh, personnel as well as uh, type of playing defensively so they don't ship in a lot of goals mm. so maybe maybe from the week ahead uh, there's an opportunity there against uh, a side that has uh, it has shipped in a few. Uh, Aston Villa in the first game didn't look that great, and I expected them to concede a couple against Newcastle, but they 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 kept the clean sheet. Yeah, I myself, uh, so I, was, I was I was actually super surprised to see them keep a clean sheet. And, and that's good news for for Martinez owners, and then Mings Mings getting I think two assists in that game as well. Uh, so and then they're, they're missing Traore, which I think is an important player for them. Uh, but Aston Villa at home, the villains—they come out, they support, they cheer. Brentford travel there. Uh, I think uh, Aston Villa is going to have too many guns in the likes of Danny Ings, and what a fantastic bicycle kick that he Dude. overhead kick! Uh, is it a scissor? Was it a scissor kick or a bicycle? It kind of was like it. Uh, it's like <laughs> half past ten. Like half yeah, past two, uh, half past ten kind of thing. I, I, I'm not quite sure where it lands up being, but uh, a scissor bicycle, a bicycle scissor. Um, I, I, think, I, think, I think overhead is the right, because I think we, I grew up, I grew up that the bicycle would mean that, 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 that the pedal action as you strike it, and I don't think it was much of that, the pedal action. It was seemed swinging the leg overhead as such. But let's, for the sake of it, call it a bicycle kick. Uh, yeah, with the, the contact and the, and the, and the positioning of it was uh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I think Ings, and just a comment on Ings, Ings has not shown, he's not played his best football in terms of uh, shots and uh, touches, but he's got the goal. So it's scary to think that out of form Ings, or Ings that hasn't yet clicked, mm. has got two goals from two games. Uh, with time, a few more training sessions underneath his belt, probably coming out of the international break. Uh, <clears throat> I think uh, with I, I made the thing I made the comment to you uh, in the week uh, was that I'd like to see with Watkins taking the pressure off him because Watkins can be a handful to deal with as well. Um, I'd like to see uh, with Watkins coming in 
Mm. And Ings getting a bit of freedom, the amount of uh, the amount of damage that he can do, and uh, so I think I think uh, Aston Villa will have too much based on the performance against Newcastle for this Brentford team. I don't see it being a clean sheet. I I, I mm. think Brentford score again. Maybe in Buemo and Tony breaking his ducks. So let, let, let me make that prediction. But uh, uh, Brentford be- eventually concede goals, and you're right. I think the foul, uh, firepower is there. What I was surprised to see was Ings not on the penalties when Algarzi's on. So Algarzi's always been the penalty taker. But we kind of thought Ings would come and be like, that's mine, I take those. They're my goals now. I, I think we've got to wait for Algarzi to miss one and then, then he'll revert back. Ings doesn't take them the best of penalties. I remember one game week I needed him to to smash it and he he, he took the penalty. It was saved and then he scored the rebound so then he, he technically he got the missed penalty and the goal uh, which kind of negated and cancelled each other out so Ings doesn't take the best of penalties I think I think the last one if I'm not mistaken he took it down the middle as well um, at uh, Southampton Ward Prowse is a better penalty taker and El Ghazi has scored six penalties from six uh, in fact El Ghazi is the highest scorer for uh, for Aston Villa last season so until Algazi misses, I think Ings will be second choice. But with Algazi, uh, he doesn't start often. He doesn't yeah. play. I think he was on the field because Traore is, I don't know if he's injured or is he uh, COVID or what is the case. Uh, but uh, if Bertrand Traore is fit and Algazi doesn't start, but yes, Algazi is the first choice penalty taker for. Uh, uh, yeah. So he's going to play, though. Uh, Algarzi is definitely going to play until Bertrand comes back. Um, Bertrand Torre is out with a hamstring injury. And they, they expect to, to see him mid-September sometime. So who knows which weekend he'll be back. But uh, I think it was I think it was just a strain. It, w- it definitely wasn't a tear. So it's kind of like relax, ice, heal up, and then then go again. The, the, the concern is, I suppose, for a, a person... Or any footballer, you can see once their hamstrings start going, if they if they don't uh, bring it back uh, uh, slowly, they don't take their time. Then it's it has it's prone to to keep going. So Al Ghazi definitely going to be starting and playing, and he does play uh, pretty far forward, like you're saying, where where Burton would would be playing, and and he comes in again on the FPL side of things. He comes in at a a very affordable. Six million, so there could be some value there, but I think that I think their game weeks get tough after after this one, so uh, I wouldn't hop straight on to those assets. Um, yeah, the following week it's Chelsea, so e- easy on easy on the Villa boys, right? Jay, final score prediction over there. I think it's going to be 2 1 to Aston Villa, 2 1 to Aston Villa, right. Um, I, I have Tony in my team still, I think, in my fantasy team. So, yeah, uh, and my captain is going to be Ings. So, yeah, th- like 4-3, somewhere there, you know, Ings and uh, and Tony getting all the goals. No, realistically, probably about 3-1, um, 2-1, Aston Villa makes sense. Brighton versus Everton is next up. Well, they're also playing the same time. There's again, it's it's so nice to have so many football games going off at the same time. It makes watching football a little bit easier, as opposed to being stuck behind the telly 
the whole day. Brighton versus Everton. Brighton Brighton have got their have got their second win in a row. Um, they have played Burnley. They have played Watford, and for the first time, I, I can say you know at Brighton looked all all the bit the team that we thought they were um, in the previous season, and they did they did show Watford up to be a newly promoted side. It looked like it. It was a it was a dominant. It, easy it seemed easy for Brighton I was surprised uh, that Watford uh, didn't really show up and some of the Watford assets uh, Ismail Assar but I think with Ismail Assar you're going to get that feast and famine with him he's going to have an explosive uh, game week uh, and then thereafter it'll be nothing for two or three game weeks this might be Uh, the reason why he isn't signed by any massive (laughs) club yet Realistically, it has to be. Yeah, but again, he's playing. Uh, I don't know how much of it is his fault and how much of it is the fact that he's playing in a in a Watford team. And I mean, there's not much uh, creativity around him. Uh, that 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 Burnley side. I think Duffy, a 4.0 uh, defender, uh, got a goal there. And Marpe again amongst the goals. Uh, the uh, Brighton I believe, side. I think you said Burnley. Yeah, the Brighton side. Um, I, I believe uh, Marpe has got a shoulder issue. If I'm not mistaken, so in the in, in in the coming the coming game he's going to have to play through the pain barrier, and uh, if some of the some of the Everton defenders and I can see uh, Yuri Mina uh, leaning onto that shoulder, uh, mm. practicing the dark arts of defending, um, I think uh, he's not going to be that easy. But I I, I don't know if uh, if they're going to to risk uh, risk playing him uh, with that shoulder injury. But the man's got. Two goals in two games, so while strike whilst the fire is still hot. So let's see what happens there. Um, the Everton side, I think, is quite quite concerning that they continue to concede. Uh, it's great that they that they score on the other end, but they 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 they, they have conceded from two mistakes from Michael Keane in in recent times, uh, and uh, I don't know uh, how long that's going to be. They're going to be able to to concede goals and. Uh, have that comeback, but the Leeds game, as we anticipated with the Everton, was going to be a back-and-forth game, uh, and uh, Leeds gave a good account for themselves. Uh, but I think Everton, and under and we spoke about Rafa Benitez, he's playing to his players' strengths. Uh, he's getting a lot of balls into that box. Calvert-Lewin's looking very good. I think Richarlison, once he comes to the party, probably some uh, Olympic games and uh, ring rust that he needs to get off. Uh, once he comes to the party and provides a second outlet, I think Everton, with the, the fixture run that they have, the next five or six uh, seem pretty decent. I think there's one difficult fixture in that. Um, so I'm expecting Everton. In fact, I'm, uh, my captain uh, from an FPL point of view is Calvert Lewin this week. So okay. I've, made, I've made a transfer, uh, and uh, as you are captaining. Hopefully you kept you still stick to captaining Ings. Ings, yeah, he's, uh, he's my boy for this week. Uh, based on the, the numbers and the stats, uh, Calvert Lewin he, he tops he tops the, the the charts in in a lot of categories for centre forward. Uh, and if he has to come off and if there's a game for him to get a hat trick, uh, this would be the game. My only concern is the is that his dominance in the air, but he's up against a uh, a um, dunk. Who's quite uh, was quite strong, probably one of the stronger defenders mm. aerially. 
in the league. Uh, so it'll be interesting, but I'm going to risk it uh, and put the captain's armband on on Calvert-Lewin and at least a, a 2-1, if not a 3-1 for Everton is my prediction here based on the fact of how good Calvert-Lewin has looked in the first two game weeks. Are, are you overlooking um, the the poor man's Kante with Basoma? He has been <clears throat> having a very decent season so far. And uh, he, he checked all the boxes again now uh, in, in the game against... Uh, against Watford. Now, again, I'm not sure if that's because Watford made him look good. But he, he does have... A, he, he is a very solid player. He plays a lot of minutes week in and week out. I mean, you know, from an FPL point of view, he's someone... If you're trying to get an enabler in the midfield at 4.5 million, it's not a bad way to go about it either. I, I think he's going to have his work cut out for him with Dokore and uh, Allen. And I think Dokore could be another FPL punt. So I'm not sure what's Dokore's points so far, but um, he scored in the first game week, and he's looked pretty pretty attacking. And he's playing he's playing the higher up, at almost almost as a number a proper number eight, or even I want to call it an eight and a half as such, because he's he's a lot more attacking than what he was in previous seasons. Um, I, I've read somewhere that they're comparing to the Dokore of Watford, because in the Watford he played almost as a number ten. So. Uh, I think Decore is a, is a difficult player to to come to terms with. So Basuma will have his work out, cut out for him, and the other one would then be uh, Alan, who's who's had a great first season in the Premier League, hasn't really done too much uh, so far. Uh, one other Everton player I wanna that stood out that that had some good touches was, and I'm not a big fan of his generally, is Alex Iwobi. Uh, he he seemed to create some good opportunities uh, for that front too. So he he looked decent in the game against Leeds. But <clears throat> Leeds, with the expansive football, uh, allows you to have a little bit more uh, space, uh, not so much time, but space. Uh, and uh, maybe the space has allowed Iwobi to look that good. But uh, I, I, this season, I'm not I'm not backing Brighton. I'm not expecting a lot from them although they have two wins under their belt. Hopefully they don't make me regret it. <laughs> uh, and um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going stick to stick to Everton doing the business over Brighton, uh, as I said, hopefully a 3-1 with me captaining uh, Calvert-Lewin. I think Calvert-Lewin's looked, he's looked imperious. He looks frighteningly uh, good for the start of the season. And last season, I owned him, I think, for three game weeks towards the end. Uh, this 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 time around, with everybody on the Antonio uh, bandwagon and probably Ings, I think uh, Calvert Lewin could be the one. Okay, uh, yeah. So so from my my point of view, look at the game week. Ever Brighton versus Everton. I'm not entirely convinced about Everton, and Brighton seem to be doing doing the work. And Brighton are at home, so factoring in the fans and everything, uh, probably a one-one for me. Is is how I see it going. I don't expect a um, a large score there, but yes, the when when DCL does go off, and if him and Richarlison are working together, if they if Everton put it all together on a day, yeah, it can it can be a bad day for Brighton. But just because Brighton are at home, I see that being as low as a one-one, right? And then talking about another team, another team with another player up front is Newcastle with a Callum Wilson 
right now. I know he didn't uh, he didn't get the return in the second match, but he did. He I mean he got the return in the first match against West Ham. What is stopping Newcastle from smashing Southampton? Sure, Let, no, I'm, I'm I'm hoping. Uh... I'm hoping not a lot uh, because we've got two losses on the trot, and we're going into we're going to the third game at home. Um, I definitely think uh, the boys are going to be up for it. Uh, Southampton's going to have a lot of confidence from their from their draw with uh, Manchester United. I'm hoping Cal- Callum Wilson does the business against them. I just need to actually have a look. I haven't had a chance yet to look at his. His form against, uh, he hasn't had much games against, uh, for Newcastle against Southampton, but I'm actually looking to see what his goal scoring is. There are players who, who like certain teams and they, and they score almost regardless against them. Uh, I can think of Salah against Bournemouth, Salah against West Ham, if I'm not mistaken, are the two teams that I believe Mo, Mo Salah really enjoys playing against. And there are teams uh, that uh, Callum Wilson as well does pretty well against. Having said that, Southampton is going to be difficult. They they played a quite a robust, combative game against Manchester United. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, as you alluded to, is still crying about the physicality of it. Yeah, he wants a non-contact sport. Yes, uh, almost like a like a touch a touch football version. <laughs> no, but uh, we see what happens if they get touched. It's uh, injuries, plague plagues with injuries if you touch people. These days, it's like almost touch. Like I would have touched you, so so, and for that reason. So, but yes, yeah. uh, don't let me stop you. If I touch your shoulder, you you feel it in your face, and you roll down, and you exactly, concast, exactly, and you groggy when you get up. <clears throat> so I'm hoping Newcastle got to get off the mark. Uh, I think three losses in a trot is going to have Bruce under a lot of pressure, despite the the sprightly start that we've had uh, and how enterprising that we're playing. I think the fans actually. And me being a fan, uh, we enjoy that fact that we're playing enterprising football. But if you get relegated or if you're sitting with no wins, uh, that's not going to not going to be good for the team. So I think we have enough quality. I don't think there's a, there's a lot of injuries. Lasalle is back after he played last week, but I think probably some ring rust there this week should should he should be fine. Um, I'm hoping for the boys to, to to get the result. This could be a interesting high-scoring game. It could be a 3-2 game and uh, maybe, as you alluded to, Callum Wilson getting amongst at least two goals there. And and probably I see Armstrong Armstrong scoring. It's looking good, eh? <clears throat> I think I think, I think think a player that's trash and he's probably going to make me regret it after saying this. I, mean, I watched him. You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> because, I mean... Even You've never goal, liked like, him. No, he, 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 he just never doesn't. Liked he has him. so many opportunities and he and he's playing alongside an Ings last season and the season before, and he needs Shea Adams needs five chances or six chances to convert one, and for a Premier League striker that that or somebody playing up top in a, in a Premier League team that's really poor. Uh, I really don't know. I, I really don't like his goals are scrappy. It, it, it seems there that there's a lot of luck involved. Even even some of his screamers as well. Uh, it seems that they're destined for the. The, the 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 Z row in the stadium and somehow he mis he miscues and it goes into the top corner of the net. That's my personal belief. I just think he's poor. Uh, I don't see them having a decent second second striker to assist uh, Armstrong. Armstrong shoots on sight and we spoke about mm-hmm. it. The amount of shots that he has. Uh, 
sometimes I believe, yeah, I wouldn't pass to share them either, but uh, you should look to be a little bit less selfish uh, in terms of creating to the, uh, for opportunity for someone in a better position. Uh, he, yeah, so he, he looks, he looks a bit of a, of a live wire in that Southampton side. So based on that, I'm hoping I see Newcastle conceding and that's my, I think Newcastle concede all season long, unless we go five at the back and stick to maybe playing three in the center, um, which has been Bruce's way of playing. But uh, if we play the same brand, we will concede, but I'm hoping that we do get three goals against Southampton. Yeah, I I, th- I must be honest with you. I think um, United were obviously complacent against Southampton, and I think uh, I think they got a surprise by the by the physicality. I wouldn't go out and out and say like, listen, you know, Southampton were an amazing team that day. Um, I think uh, United were underperformed. And again, we've seen it before. When when you don't, when things don't go your way, I think that is, I think that's hallmark uh, of um, of of a team that comes off, with, which was obviously a great start to the season for United. But then when they came off, when they played against Southampton, and it didn't look like they they had the qualities, and we'll we'll go more into that when we talk about United. But what it comes down to is, I don't think Southampton were that good to actually have got the draw. Because, I mean, it, uh, you're saying Shea Adams. Shea Adams kicks the ball against another player. And, and that's the reason why it lands up being, it was an own goal. It was it was given as an own goal. Because it wasn't even going on target. That's how bad it was. And if it wasn't for that, I mean, and, and Armstrong... Uh, which we we do enjoy when you look at Southampton, the fact that he's going to go out there and he's going to go take shots, and it's very exciting to watch. And oh, let's let him have a good time, let him have a run at it, and and it's all it's all good and well. But like you're saying, when it becomes a little bit wasteful, and the team doesn't know where they're going, I think Southampton were lucky to get a point, and I think maybe. As I alluded to, United coming off the big win and then being brought back down to earth. I think Southampton are going to be brought back down to earth from their amazing one point against United. And Newcastle smashed them. Because Newcastle at least look like they're trying to play football. Not trying to play football. They do play football at times. They just only play football in periods. I think I think that's a very fair uh, and accurate uh, analysis and assessment. Later, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping Southampton. Uh, they do have James White Prowse, and I think from a set piece uh, personnel in the Premier League, I don't think there's a better set piece practitioner than he is. So yeah, that right could <clears throat> some of Isaac Hayden's reckless challenges uh, could could lead to a free kick or two um, on the edge of the, the penalty area. And I believe Dubravka has had an injury setback, and I don't know. Uh, Carl Goodman Dardo is not that terms. bad, though. The stand-in man, he's, he's, he's not still, bad. He's still, dude. he's still third choice. He's still third choice. I, I really like. Uh, I, I really like Darlo. Uh, you uh, want an injured goalie instead? He's got COVID, if I'm not mistaken. Darlo, Darlo's got COVID. He's recovering from COVID, so hopefully. Uh, I, I think maybe the defence is a bit more comfortable with, with a first or second choice keeper instead of a third choice uh, goalie behind them. Uh, 
So, but again, as I, as I said, yeah, with uh, James Ward Prowse against a third choice keeper on a set piece, he could be he could be the the difference maker. But um, I'm going to hold thumbs and as as you predict uh, for Newcastle to give them a, a, a right go at it. Uh, and we at home, we at home, and I think we play a different brand of football, and we need the win. And we absolutely need the win. Otherwise, Steve Bruce is going to be under extreme pressure. He's always under pressure. Yeah, I, I was going to say because I don't think it, it, you guys losing five games at the beginning of the season is is any cause of <laughs> any cause for concern. It's it almost seems like it's a little bit of a little bit of same old, same old. It's like, oh, well, you know, it's no real difference. We've got no points off the five games. We'll make a couple of points here, a couple of points there. The The pressure will be on for us to stay out of relegation, and then we'll we'll have a little bit of a run, and we shall succeed, and our fans will be happy because of our amazing run that kept us in the Premier League. That's like the game plan. Because as opposed to the opposite, starting off amazing and ending off crap, and then the team is like, no, this is horrible, the team fell apart, there's no depth, there's nothing happening there, um, I can't support Newcastle anymore. Uh, same result, exactly the same amount of points, but just two ways to get there. One is a dive at the end, one is a rise at the end, and by the end of the season, you're, you're filled with a little glimmer of hope that maybe next season, if they start off the way that they ended off, maybe, just maybe, next season could be our season, we could get into... A European spot. <laughs> Am I wrong as a Newcastle supporter? Well, How is it for I you was, guys? I was with the, with the run that we had towards the end, and we weren't that far off a conference. I mean, I believe in the last few game weeks we had the biggest rise uh, in terms of uh, climbing the log. I think we got lucky. I think with goal difference as well to finish ahead of some of the other guys. But I th- we went from from a long time around the 16th mark, and we finished 12th. So that was. That was pretty damn good. So I was hoping we could we could find our way into a conference league position based on that momentum. But two losses uh, on the trot, um, that's not good for us. I think, uh, but I must, I mean, give credit where credit's due. West Ham, West Ham's played uh, some good football thus far. Um, Aston Villa's got a good team. They've put the money down. So I think overall those two results are a fair result, a fair reflection, mm. and I think I got to, as a Newcastle fan I got to live with that results based on the quality of the opposition. Um, I don't rate, and as I said it, as you said it a few minutes ago, I don't rate Brighton that that highly. Uh, sorry, Southampton uh, that highly in terms of them losing Ings, but uh, they haven't uh, they haven't capitulated uh, as as. Badly as we thought. What I mean, are you talking people... about? They were miserable last season. At the end of last season, it's the same, just without <clears throat> inks. No, no, no. I'm saying that this season, this season, they haven't, they haven't gotten a proper hiding as we we anticipated. So they somehow Hasenutl has got them playing some sort of uh, good brand of football in terms of survival. Uh, Livramento, I just want to mention him. He he seems pretty pretty exciting. Uh, even uh, when they wanted to make a substitution, they brought in Kyle Walker, who plays on the, this, usually plays on the same uh, wing that as Livramento, and they moved him across. And when they made, I think, all three substitutions, Livramento still stayed on. So he's a 4.0 defender from an FBL point of view. I'm he's going to sure be a shooting guy. He has I'm be. not sure I missed him. Yeah, I'm not sure I missed him in previous in previous weeks. So he and he's and he, and he plays pretty high up when they were when when, when in Manchester United at equalised. I think he he was playing on the edge of the box at a stage. I was surprised for a youngster 
coming into the first team to be that enterprising. So, but yeah, I'm not hoping for any returns from him. Hopefully, the Newcastle boys get the job done. Uh, Callum Wilson, same maximum, same old, same old. We get a two-nil result there. Yeah, he's he he'll be if you are bringing him into your squad. Uh, he he's he's one of the two-point merchants uh, throughout the season. He'll he'll get you usually two points a game if they don't concede. If they if they don't play Leicester, uh, he should get you two points because you know what happens when they play Leicester. It's not pretty. So yeah. So from my side, I think Newcastle. I think Newcastle smash Southampton. Um, I don't know if Southampton even get onto the score sheet. Uh, it, it's going to be another tough day in the office, and Newcastle get their first three points of the season. And Callum Wilson might just, might just, might just really good chance uh, of walking out with uh, with the the game ball in hand. Wow, that's a big prediction. Yeah, well, it's uh, I, I've I've earmarked Southampton for for relegation, um, obviously for obvious reasons. Need I say more? Uh-huh. It, right, and uh, as and we were just talking about teams about playing really decent football, and we we're just talking about a team that smashed Southampton, Norwich, who or not decent football they have played I, I don't i don't know what to take from that man city game man i i don't know i don't know how i feel about norwich but i know leicester have got bounce back ability and obviously after losing last night uh, and you know with the red card and everything and you know you know leicester are coming and they're coming strong and they're going to be angry and they're coming for results uh, Leighton, um, in the previous season, when Norwich was up, I don't know how much of the football you watched, uh, but they played a they played a very expansive brand of football in terms of. I mean, so he he set up Daniel Farke set up three four three against uh, Pep, which everyone was quite quite shocked by that he would uh, be so expansive against Pep. But they tried to they tried similar to to Bielsa, they tried to score goals, they tried to get the result and play positive football. Uh, I think sometimes circumspect and uh, discretion is the better part of valor. And against the Man City, you probably want to try and practice that. Uh, limit the goals conceded because at the end of the season, if you're down there at the bottom, goal difference comes into play. Um, I didn't expect them to 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 do that well because they haven't replaced or found a proper replacement for Buendia. And he, he was the, their star player in terms of chance creation in the championship, and they've not got a replacement for him as yet. Uh, and I think we've got a few more days before the window closes. Mm. Um, so, and I think I think after after the the, the two results, uh, Liverpool. So they've conceded eight goals. Uh, so after the two results, I think everyone and in every season, uh, if you if you're looking from an FPL point of view, there's a team or two teams that you target. To get uh, to get a lot of returns from, and I think uh, Norwich could be the team, and the likes of Vardy and Barnes. Uh, yeah, they didn't look too great last night with the player sent off, but Vardy still still looked quick. And at a stage there was a foot race, and he and, and he outran uh, the defender. And I, I thought actually thought it was Harvey Barnes, and until there was a close up, and I said, no, it's Jamie Vardy. So he still has that burst of pace. Yeah, uh, they got to be a wounded. Wounded animal coming back from that. <clears throat> Perez's first red card in the Premier League, so it wasn't something. I mean, he's not a malicious player by any stretch of the imagination, and uh, 
he overbalanced and overstretched, but I think because he placed his foot over the position, so he was trying to do a, uh, in uh, MotoGP terms like a block pass. So he was almost trying to do that in terms of getting to the, the ball. And it, by placing his leg over, he stepped full onto, uh, who was it, uh, Fornells. He stepped full onto it. And yeah, the way, and, and, and I think Brendan Rogers, he says, if you look at the entire event, uh, it was it was undeserved. But if you look at that, the footage in isolation, yeah, it's a red, it's a red card. So I think they're not gonna they're not gonna obviously play with the ten players against Norwich. Uh, they're gonna have they're gonna have the pace to to, to counter. Um, they're gonna try. Madison wasn't that great either. Uh, so obviously, I believe uh, Leicester bounced back. Yeah. Uh, if I had a second free hit, probably. I would look at having a plane of free hit uh, to have Harvey Barnes and uh, Jamie Vardy, perhaps even Iannaccio in my in my proverbial. But the problem is with Iannaccio, he comes on so late. I mean, he was he, he came on after Decker. Decker was still a preferred sub before before Iannaccio. Yeah, that, that that is that's very strange. I, I, versus his form uh, towards the end of the season, uh, and uh, you would expect, and we, we we anticipated that he could be heir apparent to Jamie Vardy, and uh, as you said, that it would make sense that he'd be either playing up in a two or coming on uh, as first choice uh, replacement or as as backup to Vardy. And it was strange to see Daka come on ahead of him. Uh, and I don't understand when a player's got that momentum and and form. Why would Brendan not start him? Unless there's an injury or COVID or something on the training ground that we're not privy to. Uh, it's just, it's it's peculiar. I think that's that's the word I'd like to use. I, I suppose a lot of things happen behind closed doors, but, uh, and, and you know, you can't speak about the, the player's character or the manager's character uh, behind the closed doors, but there has to be something wrong with that relationship. If you cannot find space for Ian Nacho, to get into that team because I think by far and large he becomes the most potent striker they have on on goals per minute. I, I don't think there's anyone that can compete in that team. Why why not keep someone in or get someone onto the field that has a habit of getting returns? You know, that must be the that that must be the first and and the main thing that you look at when you're when you're a team. But then again, okay, yes, they are going to play Leicester now. Um, oh, Leicester are going to play Norwich now. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to. I'd like to see. I'd like to see Vardy push out a little bit to the right with that with that pace, and then then dive on in, and then get Ianacho through the centre. But uh, very interesting to see what happens this week, how they line up. And it's probably the only reason in, in from an FPL perspective why I have not got onto on any of the Leicester assets is because I just don't know. And we were talking about 4 million defenders. Brandon Williams has completed his uh, move to Norwich and there's a good chance that he, he becomes first team regular starting this weekend. I think another comment I just want to make on Leicester is that uh, I think Johnny Evans is a big mess there. Soanchu looked shockingly abject last night. Uh, he was responsible for one of the goals that they scored, and he just couldn't deal with Antonio as well. Uh, I think when Johnny Evans comes back, Leicester strengthen up. Um, 
Pereira still seems full of fire and he seems to be getting his match fitness going. I still think he's he remains a, an asset and he's he's probably got a big, big return coming from an FBL point of view. Yellow so, cards so, for him? He's, 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 he's combative. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's Portuguese. So the, generally the Portuguese have a lot of fire in their belly. So he's he's quite combative. Uh, so he will get in the referee's face. He will he will tackle hard. Uh, so he definitely yellow cards are in, in his in his future. But I think so assist and probably goals. So as the fixture run turns for Leicester, uh, I think uh, Pereira is going to... And, and it'll be interesting to see how he does against Norwich. I think um, I can predict Pereira getting getting a return or two against the Norwich side uh, because he will maraud. He won't be as afraid to, to stay back. I'd also like to see what Brendan Rodgers does because Amartya as well. Again, didn't, he played again. That's he didn't cover himself in glory, but in terms of the way Antonio dealt with them. Uh, and, I mean, Antonio overall doesn't have the all the skill of a, of a, of a seasoned striker, but the way that he managed to maneuver, turn, touch, and get through the Leicester defence is quite scary. So I definitely believe uh, Johnny Evans is a big miss in that Leicester side. Okay, how long does Amati still play for before um, Vestergaard comes to uh, comes to the starting lineup? Uh, well, I believe uh, the Vestergaard. Vestergaard, I think he, he picked up a knock. A, a little he, knee knock, yeah. So he could probably, he's probably on the verge of, of starting uh, alongside Serenchu for that Norwich uh, game. Be it just uh, so again, from an FBL perspective, listen to the press conferences there. But I, I wouldn't suggest getting any any Leicester defensive assets. But remember, um, a lot of good attacks is is built from a. Do you think uh, Norwich score a goal against Leicester? I think they do. Okay. I think. Timo Puki, one of my favourite strikers <laughs> in the Premier League. You sound a little bit biased, Jay. Um, yeah, the year that I had the great run, uh, Puki delivered in spades for me. Uh, I think I got about, I think I got about eight goals or ten, eight or nine goals from him uh, in the, in a space of uh, in a space of about six or seven game weeks. Uh, my second my second hat trick came from Puki. So uh, he, he when he when he is on on form and uh, their fixture runs been poor. So I didn't. I mean, imagine them going from Liverpool, Man City, now Leicester. When their fixture run turns, uh, as, as probably he'll probably drop in value as well. I can probably see him being about five point nine, five point eight. Uh, he wouldn't be a bad punt, especially when you're looking to climb up with some differentials later on. I'll definitely be going on to the Pookie train. Um, he's quite clinical in his finishing when he has the opportunity. As I said earlier, with Buendia going and no one to replace him. Uh, if you can't create the opportunities, then you're not going to be able to to convert. So let's hope they find somebody. Uh, but uh, I do I do see Puki scoring this week. So I think the first two game weeks thus far that we've experienced has been um, very different. And I see the I see the third game week as well. I see the third game week as well also been uh, also been uh, different uh, coming up. Okay. So, what was your final score there? 3-1 to Leicester. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think Leicester I, I think Leicester bounced back hard uh, and I think you I think you're on the money there. I don't know if Norwich get a goal, but yeah, sure, let's call it 3-1 uh for Leicester. Now, the high-flying West Ham into another London derby 
against Crystal Palace. Sure. West Ham, who have just come off a hammering that they that they dished out to Leicester, um, albeit against ten men, play Crystal Palace. I don't think Antonio is going to have his way with Crystal Palace defenders the same way that uh, he had with uh, with the Leicester defenders. So I do think that tightens up a bit, but the man is confident. And West Ham are confident. West Ham had a good season last year. They they did obviously, their running was pretty poor. But they also had a really tough start. Now they've started off with back-to-back wins, scoring four goals again for the last two games. Yes, they have conceded three in two matches, which is not the greatest defense. Uh, but at the end of the day, they have six points. They are on top of the Premier League. What changes between West Ham and Crystal Palace that prevents West Ham from going three from three? Sure, I think it's also it's also be a tough one for Patrick Vieira coming in and not getting a win in his third game. Yeah, uh, I think as you alluded to, I don't think Antonio is going to have his way against the Crystal Palace defense because they like. They like robust defending. They like that physicality uh, in their defense. So they and they they also very similar to Burnley. There's a bit of dark arts in their defending. So I think they will they will take the foul. They will take uh, the the odd shirt pull, the elbow, etc., etc. So Antonio won't have the run of the park which he did against Leicester. I do believe. At some stage, Crystal Palace have got to come good in terms of getting a, a victory. Uh, they've got robust uh, forwards as well. And I think Benteke is now starting. And I think he was unlucky, if I'm not mistaken, he hit the upright or the woodwork in, in the last game. And uh, Zaha has been nowhere. And he's quite a talismatic player for them. And he pops up out, out of the blue. So he could he could run at that, that West Ham uh, back line. And especially with uh, Cresswell uh, giving up space, because I see him bombing forward a hell of a lot, especially last night. And uh, Ogbono and Dawson, are they're not the most mobile of uh, centre-backs. Sufal, uh, I guess he's the man I can't find a, I can't find a flaw in the guy's play. He's, he's absolutely, what, a, what, a, what an incredible player to an assigning for West Ham. Uh, he runs the entire game. He's got assists. He tackles back. He's uh, tough as nails. Um, I can't sing his praises high, highly enough. Um, however, again, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling Crystal Palace do something out of the ordinary. They they, they break the momentum off of West Ham because West Ham's not that good to be top of the Premier League, are they? Oh, uh, it's gonna be they words are. They. Words going to be made to regret and eat later on. At they smashed stage, Newcastle 4-2. They smashed Leicester 4-1. The results speak for themselves. Well, not so much the Newcastle game, Jay. You know what I mean? The The Leicester game, I mean, again, at the end of the day, you're going to look back at the stats and you're going to be like, look, they, they, they've gone up against Leicester who was, I think, I think where, where did they finish? They finished one point difference, five and six last season. And 
Leicester had a bad had a bad end to the season. West Ham had a fairly decent run to the end of the season. But and I know I know we speak about Crystal Palace being a little bit more um, physical in defence. The fact is, just because they're physical doesn't mean they're not leaky. I mean, I think last season they they conceded like the third highest amount of goals, and so far this season, okay, well they've conceded three in two games, the same amount of goals that West Ham has conceded. They just don't have the goals going forward. I, I, no, with, with my my prediction as such with, with, with Crystal Palace, I just can't see Vera just making up the numbers and, and having or taking loss after loss after loss or draw after draw at some stage. He needs time, though. Get... It's still early for him, though. I think, uh, yeah, no, you, you're absolutely right there. But I think this could be the game that, that kind of rocks the boat a bit for West Ham, uh, knocks them off their proverbial perch as such. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm actually probably looking for a draw here, a score draw, one-one uh, uh, West Ham and uh, Crystal Palace, uh, and I, and I must say I'm I'm, I'm livid because ten man Leicester, um, the game at their mercy, and I've got one player playing on the on on the last game uh, of the game week, and he and Cresswell, and and then they couldn't see that horrible Tillman's goal. So I'm, I'm I'm upset at that West Ham defence as a well. For bit better, eh? I had I had I had a guy, and so that, that that was the turnaround. A guy that just beat me in the in the head to head because the Tillemans goal and the fact that I lost the clean sheet. So just one one instant, one moment, and but that's yeah, that's that's my FPL uh, luck at the moment. So I just feel I just feel West Ham's not as good as we're making them out to be. Having said that... Uh, Crystal Palace's league stuff. starts on game week seven. I, I'm just going to put and, it that way. Because they I've play West Ham. I, I'll get to your thing now. They play West Ham. They then play Palace. They then play Liverpool. And then after they finish playing Liverpool, they're back out onto the field. And it's uh, it's against Brighton in game week six. So, again, it's they're, they're going to have to wait a bit. Does Vieira still have a job by game week six? They follow that up against Leicester, but it, Crystal Palace have got a tough run ahead. And jeez, oh, like I think it gets worse for them. Oh wait, hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Then they play Arsenal, which who knows? Who knows which Arsenal will be there by game week eight? But game week nine is a week that Crystal Palace is really going to be targeting. Vieira is going to be targeting, saying, listen, this is really where we have to get going because we've got we've got Newcastle now, and then game week 10, they shut it down again because they play City. They have got <laughs> arguably the worst run I have, I have seen in football, especially for a new manager. It's be like, listen, yeah. if you're going to... Actually, it might not be that bad. If you're going to... If you're going to lose games, make sure it's against all the big guys at the beginning and be like, okay, what did you expect? You know, you'd rather not play the small guys and lose to the small guys than eventually play the big guys and be like, okay, listen, we expected you to give a better showing. But like, rather get smashed now and then, then maybe down the line, game week 11, game week 12, you see now you're starting to talk, you know, things are coming right for you. But Crystal- I think by then. By then, maybe Sam Allardyce is back at the helm at uh, Crystal Palace. So, I mean, it's, it's a shock. It's, as you alluded to, it's a it's a rough start for a, for an un, untested, untried Premier League manager uh, as Patrick Vieira. Um, so again, based on that run, I think if there's if there's a way that they can get a point, and it's in London, they're not traveling too far away. Mm. 
Um, they could, they could. As I said, I'm looking for that one-one draw against West Ham. And uh, as I, I, I said, I contradicted myself because I brought in Said Ben Rama. Uh, just how 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 much of opportunity is creating uh, for Antonio and himself? So um, I think he's he's quite a. I think he's gone up in price now. Uh, I Both got of him, them have. Yeah. I uh, got him for the second price increase. So that was the reason I went early, is because I suspected people were going to transfer. I, he's probably going to. They they. There's a reference that they could go up either one of them uh, three times in, in a week, uh, in a game week, which is absolutely insane. Uh, generally, you get if you get two, you're lucky. Mm. The fact that they're predicting, the, the analytics is predicting three price increases, but at 6.1, I, I couldn't, uh, I knew I, I did it for value more than anything else. Uh, but yeah, I called him out uh, prior to the season kicking off. And he's delivered, but he hasn't been in my side. So I don't want to be a hypocrite, so I brought him in. Hopefully he continues. Uh, but as I allude to, listen, a lot of from an FPL point of view, we, we've, we've got to find these players before they go off. And now I've just joined the bandwagon, but I'm not going to be stubborn as I've been in previous seasons. So mm. I've brought in Ben Rama. I just don't think Antonio continues. Again, famous last words when he will revert to me. At the rate he's going, he's looking at golden boot, 25 goals in the season. Yeah. Uh, I don't see Antonio continuing on that streak. Um, and hopefully he doesn't make me regret it uh, this weekend. Okay, so final score there? 2-1-1. Two, 2-2? One, one. Two, two? One, one. One, one. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I don't know. Crystal Palace, man, I think uh, I think uh, West Ham get a 2-1 get a, get a in over there. So uh, West Ham with with the win over there. Now we we go we go out now to close out Saturday on a second big game for the day. I mean I mean, I know we start off with Man City versus Arsenal, but we close out the day with number two and number three in the league. Chelsea travel to Anfield, Liverpool at home, Liverpool uh, Robertson is back and they they want to make Liverpool the fortress again. Uh, I get that feeling, but you did mention it. Van Dijk versus Lukaku. It's going to be epic. Listen, I I believe the the winner of the Premier League, whoever wins this game, wins the Premier League, and that's my prediction. I'm going to make <laughs> City. What about City? Remember, you were one game away from saying City were out of the league last season. One game away. Yeah, um, I, I believe the winner, the winner from either of these two wins the league. Uh, I think I think Liverpool have looked very enterprising in terms of uh, getting some of that old mojo back. Um, although I'm not too keen on your on your midfield pairings. Um, and in midfield, I refer to the three holding players that you guys put in the midfield, not Salah and Mane. From an FPL point of view, they classified as midfielders, but they're forwards. Um, <clears throat> Chelsea looked imperious against Arsenal, and uh, I think I think a player that that's probably going to be the difference maker, not necessarily Lukaku, if they play Timo Werner and his speed, um, that should that should depending whether you guys play Matip or. or maybe even uh, Gomez. I don't know if Konate would start. It'll be quite a baptism of fire if Konate plays. But if I suspect, I suspect Tuchel, and I've seen some of the tough, d- tougher games 
like in the final of the Champions League, um, they used Timo Werner to stretch the play. And uh, he's got the speed. The turbo team has got the speed. So if he does that, he'll he'll be a, a great foil for for Lukaku because I, where does Van Dijk go? Uh, Lukaku does have speed himself. I don't think he's as quick. Um, so Timo could be could. Uh, I, I'd, I'd like to see the the, the the starting lineup to see if Tuchel does that. I would like to uh, see if Tuchel actually talk whole season right now. Uh, with Lukaku coming in, uh, and you mentioned Timo Werner, is is Timo Werner ready to leave? Kind of thing. Because I, I don't, I don't think Tuchel trusts him at all, at all. Uh, no, I, I disagree there. I think in all the big games, and I think a lot of the, those who football analysts they look at it. Timo creates an opportunity. So in the games that Havertz scores, it's generally based on the fact that Timo has stretched the play, that, that he's made those runnings, that he's drawn defenders, and he's created the space because I think he scares the, the crap out of any defender just on his uh, speed. So you, you, you can't go 50-50 on him. You've got to commit if you want to keep up with him. And once you commit, and he, sometimes if you, if you double-team him, uh, I've, if you think, if you look at some of the highlights against Man City as well, he missed. He didn't score, as, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But they got the goals from other avenues. So he is a massive distraction for defenders, and and they they always want to stay on their toes. You don't want to be give him a yard. So they close him down, and by closing him down, double teaming him, he opens up the space for the likes of Havertz, who's who's done well when team was played. Uh, and if you think of, if you look at the the semi-final, but he didn't look good though. Habits against Arsenal, he did not look good. <clears throat> he actually looked pretty poor playing in. Uh, That's in... what I'm saying. Well, Timo didn't play there. It was uh, Lukaku. Uh, yeah. So no, no, my, my, no, no, my, 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 the point I'm making is that uh, Timo, when Timo plays, he he stretches he stretches the the the, the field, which then pulls defenders, which then gives the the, the players like Havertz. Uh, an amount and uh, the space to operate because defenders don't commit uh, to to them. They got an eye on Timo, uh, so I think he. Well, we'll see. Uh, this will be a, my prediction is that whoever wins this wins the league. So it will be interesting to see if he gets gameplay uh, and where does uh, Tuchel play him. Uh, it's also be interesting to see the defense because Arsenal did have a few opportunities with their with their makeshift. Uh, Makeshift forward line, they did they did getting behind or get the play through Chelsea at times, and they just didn't have the composure uh, to finish or or to, or, to, or to take those opportunities. Mohamed um, Salah and 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 Mane do not offer you the same luxury, as well as at at Liverpool or at Anfield, um, they're a different kettle of fish to deal with, mm. uh, especially. Uh, Mane, Mane, Mane's enjoyed scoring goals against Chelsea as well. Uh, in fact, my captain's armband was on him for a lot of, of, of the game week. Uh, as a new game week started, I normally got this to, to set my team and, and put the captain's armband on the player for the next game week that I'm comfortable with. And Mane had, I left the captain's armband on Mane and I still expect him to have a return or two. Mm. Um, who wins? Uh, my my heart, my, 
my heart says that Liverpool should should win or should should uh, get the result, uh, but my head is saying that it's going to be Chelsea, uh, and that's why I'm I'm saying that I can't split the two, and whoever wins wins. I just hope it's not a draw. If it's going to be a draw, let it be a three-three draw. <laughs> just a, <clears throat> for your just FPL. A draw. Uh, well, I only I only have uh, well, I do have uh, both uh, Mane and Salah, and then I think well before I uh, hand over to you to comment on the rest of it, I think I must highlight that Jota has been what what we predicted him to be that he would he would be impactful. I know I know uh, Andreas had mentioned it yourself that Jota would get you a lot of goals, and he has lived up to that billing. I still believe uh, in terms of rotation risk. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether Jota or Firmino starts. I think Firmino creates a uh, better opportunity in terms for the other two and, and breaking making breaking down the defense. Jota finishes sublimely. Uh, so I'd be I'd be interested to see as well what's Klopp's. If Jota starts, then I believe thereafter, I think Liverpool's games ease up a bit. Uh, Jota should be someone that we should be bringing into our teams. Um, the way he took the goal, his positioning... He almost takes away a little bit from Mane, he almost because he occupies the same playing space some of the time, and they make the similar runs, which I don't like because I have Mane in my FPL team. And then lastly on the Liverpool players, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold is back, and that's all I've got to say about that. He's scary. Uh, I'm, I, I've been on the verge of playing a wild card just to bring Trent in, and Trent is back, That and that comes purely off the fact Virgil's Virgil's there. I don't expect Trent to be shooting out the lights against Chelsea because if there's going to be a Alonso, a Chilwell, if not a Timo Werner coming down that left hand side for Chelsea, Timo's going to uh, TAA is going to be pegged back. Mm. So I don't see him bomb, bombing forward as much, um, and probably even even Robertson with the, the likes of Reese James, uh, maybe Shalaba or Aspilicueta should keep. James uh, occupied as well. So I don't see this game them going crazy, but Trent's on corners, uh, Robertson's on corners, Trent's on free kicks. Yeah, just, uh, I think I think last season was a, was, a, was a glitch, although he did okay. I think he did average. I think he's mean of, of, of 200, 180-odd points in FPL. I think he's back there. I think Trent, Trent's going to be a, a very good asset if you don't already own him, which, you, which I'm one of them. So again, uh, Hart says Liverpool, based on the the cop and home home field advantage and Salah Mane being a uh, they the stats the underlying stats in uh, first two game weeks is fantastic for the both of them, but the head based on Tuchel's strategic nous his defence structures and uh, N'Golo Kante and the likes uh, my head is saying uh, Chelsea so I can't split them unfortunately. Okay. Um... Jay, uh, to to help you, Alcha, uh, it's going to be a Liverpool win. Uh, and I'm saying that not just because I'm a Liverpool supporter. Uh, it's because I believe it too. Because I'm a Liverpool supporter. So, let me tell you why. Whew, let me find a good reason for this. Uh, Anfield, home advantage, fans, Liverpool get up for the big games. Guaranteed. Um... If Jota starts, we're talking about goals. Uh, you've got a three-pronged 
um, attack where the goals can come from, can come from any one of the front three, which makes it difficult, more difficult to defend as opposed to defending. Well, if Werner doesn't start, I wonder if, if Pulisic would come back and 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 start actually over Werner. But if Werner doesn't start, then I, I don't know how much strain will be put onto the in Liverpool defense because if you look at the way that Chelsea set up, I think Liverpool are m- probably more prone to um, diagonal long balls uh, or, or as a, as a general weakness uh, because of the fullbacks getting in over the the back of the fullback shoulder, and I don't think Chelsea play that way. So if Fabinho is back because that's somebody else that's missing now, we're talking about a defensive midfielder. That uh, that can go forward and also occasionally get a goal, I suppose. But yeah, so if, if it's team against team, I think Liverpool's fullbacks are better than uh, Chelsea's fullbacks. Um, I, th- I don't know if Chilwell comes into play. Uh, ahead of Marcus Alonso, I think Marcus Alonso is amazing. Uh, I think I've said that numerous times. There's many. There's. I look at the Chelsea team. I think to myself, if I, if uh, if I could uh, be picking off players from any other team in the Premier League, uh, Chelsea would be the the team that I pick them from. You know, even saying that over Man City, I, I just I think their players are a lot more industrious and uh, the way that they go about their play, but. If Thiago starts in the midfield, and I think that's probably going to be where the where the, the game will be won and lost, um, having a, a defensive midfielder that distributes the ball uh, and into space, and I think I think Jota, again, if if he's there, he will find that space. And as you alluded to, he's a little bit more clinical. However, Lukaku has come out. He's come out uh, first game he plays for Chelsea. He he gets a goal. Um, again, this comes back to the question that I was asking earlier: Is is was Chelsea that good, or was it Arsenal who were that bad? Which one, Jay? I think I think Chelsea were that good. I mean, we. I mean, this is this is. I think we must not play down. And I believe the year that Liverpool were Champions League winners, we did give them the credit for 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 that and that title. And it comes with. It come, we should give them the respect that goes with it. And the same applies to Chelsea. I mean, they are the Champions League winners for a reason. Uh, they have the confidence to back it up. They they did win the Super Cup, however scrappy uh, that was. Mm. I think. Uh, I think Chelsea have enough uh, in terms, and and their their bench depth. I think uh, we speak all all the time about what uh, Pep has off the bench. I, I mentioned Chelsea all the time to you. I, I, I think I swear I said it in in previous pods, man. I think Chelsea's squad is amazing. They have that. No, no, I mean, yeah, we, like you say, people speak about Man City's uh, Man City could field two teams and they'd finish first and second in the Premier League, and, and there's probably some truth to that. Uh, but Chelsea's no, up there. Um, have you now? You have a look at that. I wouldn't say first and second. Champions uh, League spots for sure. <laughs> uh, 
Well, it, it depends. It depends on, on, on which Liverpool. So I think I, I I still believe you guys have not spent enough in the in, in the transfer window, and I don't think you guys have the squad for it. Uh, to to if there's injuries, Liverpool don't don't win the league, and I don't understand why Klopp and and your was it Michael Edwards, they're sitting on their hands in terms of of signings. There's been rumours going around Mbappe, Mbappe, because he's he wants to leave, and I, I mentioned that in a previous pod as well. That'll be the, the way you guys have pulled up the Jota signing. I think there's one other signing as well that you guys did. I was like, wow, uh, where did that come from? I kind of had that vibe with Mbappe for somewhat reason. Um, you guys have just sold Shakiri as well, but if you guys don't strengthen uh, you, your 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 bench strength, and we and I referred to Chelsea's. You guys don't have the bench strength to, to 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 compete with the the likes of a Chelsea and a Man City. So currently, as it stands, with the, no injuries, everyone's fighting fit and in form. Um, it'll be a it'll be a fantastic football spectacle. Mm. Um, to to German to German managers. Uh, now is is Tuchel German or Austrian? German. Uh, two German managers going at it. Um, as you said, I think I think. In most departments, in most departments, Liverpool individually have the edge, but I think uh, from a cohesive playing unit, uh, I think Chelsea is a lot better uh, cohesive unit than than Liverpool. And overall, it depends where Angolo Kante is. If Angolo Kante starts, I think that's where your weak point lies is in the central midfield. Uh, if Angolo Kante starts, uh, then then Chelsea definitely have the edge over you guys. Okay, so uh, score prediction. I'm gonna to have to go three three. <laughs> I can't split the two teams. But three but three, like, you think it's gonna be that? Uh, None of these teams. Had, I, I thought there was tongue in cheek. No, there was a five two uh, season and a half ago. Hey, yeah, uh, but the, none of these teams have conceded so far this season. Um, well, it's about, time. <laughs> um, it's about time. It's about time. If. if if not a two-two, uh, I, I, because I can't split them, and I and I, and I want it to be and so it's, it's a bit of wishful thinking. Yeah, I, okay. want it to be, I want it to be a football spectacle. Uh, two, two, two big teams in the league going at it last game on a Saturday. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of FPL assets invested in the game as well. Um, so just from a, from a spectacle point of view, uh, and, and I'm a neutral in this game. So the more goals, the merrier. Um, you do make a valid point, however, that uh, both teams haven't conceded. Um, Chelsea definitely concede. Uh, and based on, as I said, based on me not being impressed with the Liverpool holding midfielders, uh, I think and they have enough firepower uh, to penetrate uh, your defence. Okay. So, uh, no commitment on an actual score there <laughs> for Jay. But... Well, if you, based on, if you're pushing me, I'm going to go 2-2 two, two then and not be as uh, extravagant in, in the 3-3 three, three prediction. Uh, so I'll go 2-2 two, two then. Okay, 2-0 Liverpool for me, and that will close out Saturday. At the end of Saturday, I do expect West Ham to still be on top. Um, followed, hopefully, hopefully followed, hopefully followed uh, by Liverpool. And, uh, and then hopefully start again. I say hopefully quite a bit. <laughs> because when you're a Liverpool supporter and, well, it doesn't matter what team you are, when you have a game like Chelsea, Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, you're looking at that match saying, listen, if we can come away with the three points there, 
you know we've we've uh, we've put a dent in our our rivals um championship hopes albeit game week 3 and it puts pressure on the teams that are chasing uh and that one one of the teams will be playing on Sunday um specifically but uh Sunday we we start off with third, two matches uh Burnley versus Leeds and Leeds I think Leeds look at this match and go, okay, right, this is our time to to get a result um, because they've come off, I mean, they, they were hammered against United. Um, they gave a decent showing against Everton. I think it clicks for them. I must be honest, when I look at Burnley uh, and I look at their squad, and I know they just played Liverpool and they've come off a 2-0 uh, loss, but in that defense, and you look at the... Um, the set pieces. How good are Leeds at defending set pieces? I no Leeds 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 are not. I don't have the stats. We must actually have a look at that. Um, I somehow don't don't see them because Cooper Cooper is probably their, their strongest centre back and stands out. I don't see any other aerial uh, defensive players from them. A lot of the times, I think it's Dallas that's picking the ball up and carrying the ball out defensively. Um, so you, I think you make a good point there with the the menace that Burnley possesses. That Tarkovsky uh, man, sure. This, and and Ben Mee and Ben mm. Mee as well. And Dwight McNeil has got a good delivery uh, on him. Um, I think the only the only issue with Burnley is that they're getting a getting along in age. I think last season they had the second oldest squad in the Premier League, and uh, there's also not been much activity in the transfer window and they never use with Burnley. Um so if they they they, they may be a bit leggy against a young energetic uh Leeds side. Uh Leeds started off with a with a loss in a in a in a draw. So they're on one point they're obviously looking to get a result here. And uh if we if as our predictions would be that uh, Leeds would be in the top half of the table, uh, if that's if that's to hold true it means that they've got to get the win uh, over Burnley. Um, as I said last week, and uh, Bamford, Patrick Bamford is not looking... Okay, uh, two matches is still a, a small sample size, but he's not looking the Patrick Bamford of last season. Um, so Leeds do need goals. Uh, Rafinha could be the source of it, and it took quite a, it's got quite a nice goal. That was my one transfer from the FPL point of view last week, so I was pretty chuffed with that goal that he scored. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game, but I think Leeds is going to have too much of legs uh, for that Burnley side, um, and they should come out of the result there. Okay, just a quick uh, quick one on that. Leeds have uh, not uh, had any. Uh, shots from set pieces so far this season. So I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what it would look like. Um, again, yeah, th- this will be a very interesting match. I think, sure. To to commit to something, I, I'm pretty sure Leeds walk away with a win, but I don't think, I think they might uh, see something a little bit opposite to what happens against United. They have the possibility to go out there, get uh, numerous goals, but I don't see their defense um, holding up. I, I see them concede at least two goals against Burnley. I think Burnley go out there, get some goals, and I think it's going to come from set pieces. 
And with with that being said, I also think Leeds go forward, and albeit that Bamford, like you're saying, you know, he's maybe not the Bamford of last season, but everyone does revert to mean Jay apparently, and, and Bamford has the quality to go out there get some goals. They got the Rafinha, they got the Harrison. Sure, um, four two Leeds. Sure, that's a lot of goals. It is a lot of goals. I, I don't. Uh, I don't think that's going. I don't think that's much of a change from last season, is it? That uh, yeah. uh, to say four two for Leeds, it seems no, highly no. reasonable, actually. Not, not at all. But we need to also see them deliver on some of last season's form, and they haven't really looked like that. Uh, uh, but yeah, Everton. Everton was going to be a tough game. Uh, Sean Dyche versus uh, Marcelo Bielsa should be interesting. Um, I think uh, I'm, I've got Rafinha in my side, so. I gotta, I gotta hope for that prediction to come true as well. Okay, Spurs versus Watford. Uh, I think, uh, I think it's probably the game that uh, people are looking to get their captain from. Uh, a lot of people are talking about even transferring out Mo Salah to bring in uh, Song Yumin. I think uh, Song could, Song could get a return there. Be interesting to see whether um, Harry Kane starts. He came off the bench. Uh, Proceeded to get one point and then get a yellow card, so he got me all of zero points in my draft team. Congratulations! <clears throat> thank you, thank you. Uh, but uh, I think as the timeline is going, if the deal for him to move to uh, City, if that's still on the cards, uh, if that has to take place, uh, he shouldn't start again. And uh, he also didn't uh, didn't look as as sharp and clinical because he had a very big chance, I think, created by Bergwijn for him, mm. and, and and he fluffed his lines. Interesting player for for Tottenham has got to be again Deli Ali um, creating the penalty. And it's a surprise to see that Son didn't take it. But maybe maybe there's a bit of there's a bit of um, intellect at play there from Son allowing Deli Ali to get the goal to get a bit of confidence mm. in him. Um, because a confident Deli Ali playing alongside Son at uh, I think it's six point five million uh, he could be he could be a difference maker. I also want to commend the Tottenham defence. So they've they've gone now. Um, they've have they conceded. They've also not conceded. Uh, yeah, yeah, two one not, they've, they've not conceded, and we know Nuno Nuno has got quite a quite a good uh, record as a defensive coach from the Wolves day. So I think if you're looking at getting some uh, defensive assets, the four point fives. Uh, from an FPL point of view, and even Loris. So Loris was okay. one of my draft. I'm going to throw this out there, Jay. I'm completely on the opposite side of that fence right now. Completely. I, I, I look at the Tottenham defense and I thought to myself, watching the Wolves game, well, watching Wolves attack, I'm pretty sure if Wolves were a little bit more clinical, and we're going to be talking about Wolves against Man United coming up soon, and why I, I do, I think my my next transfer in, surprisingly, will be someone from Wolves. I don't think... I think I really think that that Spurs defense was lucky to get away with a clean sheet against Wolves, and was because of Wolves' poor finishing, um, and not then, so the, clinical. And then on the on the Man City game, because Man City didn't have many clear cut opportunities against them, and and they they held Man they kept Man City from scoring. I think you called that though at the beginning. <clears throat> You yeah, made no, that call. Have, yeah, no, I did. I'm just saying that again. So my, my two it, different matches, my, though. 
Yeah, yeah. So you again, you 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 writing off the Man City game and you're looking at the Wolves game and, and then making the against the the most attacking, high scoring side in the Premier League for the last five to ten years, uh, where they held them nil uh, goalless, and then against the Wolves side who had just come off two losses. So no, exactly. So what I'm saying is, uh, I think just just on on Nuno being a defensive mind, I mean, I mean, and his playing days as a goalkeeper. And he played for Jose Mourinho, so I'm sure some of his tactics come from Jose's playbook. Uh, so my, uh, my 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 call. Uh, in, in, in all honesty, I did see some yeah. of the opportunities to already create, but I didn't watch the game. Uh, obviously, there was a few games going on at the same time, uh, so I didn't watch the game. I'll probably relook at that and assess it. Traore did have a hell of a lot of shots. Uh, I think I think uh, Jimenez as well. Um, was the penalty safe? Well, uh, because I, I believe uh, Loris walked away with 11 points. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to assume there was a penalty save. Uh, I, I remember. Assist. No, there was a penalty save in another match. So it's, it's, uh, I'll tell you I, right now. So why why would Loris get 11 points uh, then? Because even if it, that many saves, uh, that'd be interesting if you can pull the stats up there to see. Um, as yeah, a, as a, 25 shots, 6 on target for Wolves so against, two, against so 8 Tottenham and 6 on target so you got 2 save points and you probably got 3 bonus points, so 5 and 6 okay, makes sense, so they've conceded a lot of shots um, yeah, maybe maybe you are, uh, based on that I think, but again, it's two two different games as you said, they kept, they kept the champions at bay and then they let in they let in uh, Wolves to have a lot of attempts on them uh, I still believe, uh, yeah, from the Watford game, I think Son is probably a very good choice to to captain. I think he could come to the party. It'd be interesting to see what happens with uh, Harry Kane. Does he start? Mm. Does he come off the bench? Uh, is his deal done by then? You know who I'm liking in Spurs, though. You know who I'm, uh, uh, and I, I've put it out to a few people, but I, th- I don't know if I asked you, uh, Bergwin, Bergwin, it, it, he looked. Amazing. Like I mean, I, I watched the highlights and and I watched it twice just so I could watch, you know, what he's doing on the field. You know, I went through the extended highlights and see the game. But just his movement was good, his passing was good. He was phenomenal. So to think that he he's going to be taken out for what you have said now uh, a little bit of a lackluster. Um, and we've hopped off the leads. Oh no, we're still on Spurs Watford. Um, yeah, so he's he's come on. He's looked poorish, not not amazing. Um, but then again, you know, it, it, where's his head at? So uh, you know, who knows? Who knows? So from from that thing, I I kind of think Bergwin was or Bergwijn is probably a better choice than than Deli Ali. If you knew they were both going to play, I think statistically wise, I think uh, Bergwijn monsters Deli Ali, but I could be wrong. I doubt it, but I could be wrong. Uh, Watford, who who uh, now the other side of that field, Watford have got three points this season. They beat Aston Villa, Aston Villa again, which we think has a poor defense. But as soon as they were against a team that had a relatively decent defense, uh, like Brighton. And all of a sudden, you know, like you said, Ishmael Zah was nowhere to be found. They they were 
they found themselves at the end of of a of a tunnel, uh, comfortable win for Brighton, and they looked every part a promotion team against now a seasoned Spurs. I don't expect it to change. I think Spurs walk away with three points, relatively comfortable over here. Um, but defensively wise, like you're saying, for this match, yes, I don't think Spurs concede. But I don't think the Spurs defense is that good. I think Loris is good, but I don't think the defense is that good. I think Spurs are going to concede this season quite a few goals if they don't get their goals going forward, if they don't get that clicking soon. Because at the end of the day, they have also won two matches, 1-0. They need more goals. I think you, you're absolutely right there. I think, uh, again, uh, my 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 belief in, in, in Spurs uh, just comes purely from, uh, from Nuno's defensive uh, coaching capabilities. Um, so I'm not uh, I'm not uh, disputing that at all. I think uh, it will be interesting to see. They don't have the biggest names, but Nuno didn't have the biggest names at Wolves either. I mean, Alderweireld out. It's interesting to see Doherty not getting as much game time with uh, Nuno. Uh, uh, the traitor. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's some some bad uh, blood. Bad blood there <laughs> with uh, his former coach. Do you think? Um, do you think it's like that? Do you think? Do you think managers well, hold, hold grudges like uh, that? Pedro, Pedro, and uh, at Roma. So as as Jose got there, Pedro's out the door. So Pedro goes across to Lazio. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, this. I think. Uh, was it Mata? Mata left him uh, at uh, at Chelsea as well. Went to Joseph keeps, yeah. yeah, Joseph keeps coming up, and I, don't, I can't remember if he really froze Mata out. Um, I don't think so. I don't think it, Mata was. I think he landed up playing him a little bit more again. He's another player. I think another, another player as well was, was had a running with the with the coach, and then that coach happens to uh, to pitch up at uh, at the club. I think again, Jose keeps coming to mind. I'm thinking of some of any the, other the, managers that hold grudges. <laughs> uh, I'm not. Uh, I, I think somehow your 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 bias, especially if you build a team around the player and uh, the players are important to what you want to achieve, and then they go off in the window. I mean, that's that's not cool. And uh, so I don't know. Uh, and especially if you make if you build a player's career as well, because we didn't know Doherty until until Wolves and. Uh, Oh, I mean, let me not say we. I do not know Doherty until Wolves and and Nuno. So uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anything there, but it's interesting to look and see uh, what 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 transpires over time with uh, Doherty and Nuno. But I, yeah, I think overall Tottenham get Tottenham get the result. Um, they should uh, they should easily have the measure of Watford. Uh, from an FPL point of view, I have Buckman and he's got me a total like no 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 saves, uh, no clean sheets thus far. Um, that's also quite a big uh, differential with with, uh, with Sanchez delivering currently. Okay, but uh, just back to the defense. If you were going to pick someone other Tottenham defense for your FPL, it has to be Regulon. Am I right? I, I would, yeah, I would, I would look definitely at Regulon uh, in terms of the Tottenham, the Tottenham defense. Okay, and then and then, what was your final score there? Uh, 2-0 to Tottenham. 2-0 to Tottenham. Okay, so, Big J, Big J, we've got to close out our game week with a a smashing match. I think that, I think, I think, 
this match is going to be far more exciting for for the reasons that uh, I, I have barely mentioned. Um, and I did allude to it. Wolves are starting to get busy. And it's a matter of time before Triore and Jimenez link up play. Because Triore can put a united defense under pressure. Now, I'm sta- I, the question is, did Southampton push United enough? And I, I really think United just didn't pitch up for the day. I don't think Southampton were that good. I think I think United come out, and yeah, United come out, and, and it's going to be far far more, um, far more. I, I don't want to say. I don't think I can ever say United and surgical. What's the word I'm looking for? They're 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 going to be. Um, <laughs> I. Against against teams with with a solid defense and who, who, who apply a who apply a bit of a low block, um, I don't uh, I don't rate I don't rate um, Manchester United highly against those type of teams. Uh, I will I will however back them when they play the the teams that give them the space to operate in, like I like I predicted against uh, uh, Leeds. <clears throat> so if if I just don't know which because wolves wolves can be a a, a really uh, a really defensive team and um, if if wolves uh, if wolves play defensively or they they, they apply the the low block they should uh, they should they should give Manchester United a difficult time uh, it also depends as well as to which. Uh, which Pogba and, and Bruno show up because does Pogba when, continue? Um, the transfer windows uh, transfer window is going to be on the verge of closing, so he normally uh, he auditions in the shop window uh, to secure either his uh, next uh, wage uh, wage negotiations or his next transfer move. Uh, four assists. Uh, did he get the fifth? Yeah, so he's got five assists. Did they land up uh, giving the, the fifth assist to him? I didn't see that. Yeah, five, five assists My for him. My fire truck. Uh, and uh, having only only three the entire of last season. Uh, so he's he showed up a little bit, but uh, the, I, I don't think uh, Bruno dominates those, those Portuguese players uh, as such. They, they, they know him. Uh, there's a large contingent in that uh, wolf side. I don't think he's going to have their measure. They've played against him, I think, a lot of the time in in, in the Portuguese uh, leagues. So mm-hmm. I I think they they're going to give him a hard time. Neves Neves is a, is a hard nut to crack. Moutinho as well. Um, and I think Adama Traore is going to give. Uh, let's assume it's Linda Lofer and Maguire. Is going to scare. I don't think uh, I don't think Varane starts against uh, Traore. I definitely believe. Uh, Oli is going to be afraid of that. Um, probably going to be afraid McTominay midfield. And um, if he's if he's really afraid of Traore, which I think he should be, uh, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think both Pogba and Bruno play. So probably Pogba to be benched, which is a crazy call considering what? his five assists. But uh, you can't play right before the transfer other. window closes. He's, he'll, if he if he doesn't start, he's uh, he's walking yeah, out the club. Yeah. 
Um, but the thing is, the thing is that that if you think about it, just tactically, if you look at that that midfield of uh, of Wolves and the amount of is Ole a tactical manager? Does he fall into the tactical manager category? So, so you, you we spoke about you, uh, how, how Southampton didn't do much, but at the end of the day, uh, if you look at Gineppo and and and, and uh, Ward Prowse in that uh, midfield for for Southampton, they, they work, they, they run their socks off uh, for ninety minutes plus. They're supposed uh, to. Can you say the same for Bruno and for uh, Paul Pogba? And uh, so when the results happened and when they struggled. I'm not surprised because, as I said this before, and time and time again, uh, there's no place in the Premier League for two luxury players. The maximum you can have and get away with it on occasion is is one luxury player who doesn't track back, who doesn't do the hard yards, uh, like James Rodriguez has done at Everton. However, now uh, Benitez doesn't <laughs> doesn't want that. Um, Liverpool, uh, Manchester United have uh, Pogba, they have Bruno. Uh, Sancho coming on, we, we have to talk about that. Is he the biggest fraud in football? Because uh, from what I saw, the 30 minutes that he played, for, or 45 minutes he played for England, and I haven't watched uh, Bundesliga. Um, and I'm not going to take Bundesliga highlights or Bundesliga goals because it is a it is a lesser league. And I learned my lesson from looking at Havertz and uh, Timo from last season because mm-hmm. they looked they looked immense. Uh, Sancho came on, and uh, he's got a, he's got an extra touch, uh, so he wants to either create space or, or do a little trick or, or hold onto the ball with that extra touch. And I find, in my humble opinion, that it is there's no time in the Premier League for that. And a lot of the time, the space got closed down for the receiving player, or he got tackled or, or blocked off from making that pass. So I don't know. Seventy three million uh, is Sancho the answer to them? And I wanted to highlight it uh, tonight. Um, I probably I should probably even look at pulling some of Sancho's uh, stats up, but uh, I don't think uh, I don't think he he's currently playing, and it's early days, and he's still young. I don't think he's he's playing to his uh, his potential, if it, or as he already reached his potential. I don't know. The jury's out on that. Yeah, look, I I, th- I think it is early days. Uh, I mean, he's a young kid. How 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 old is he now? I think twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. What type of expectation do you do you have on him? I mean, he's coming. He, maybe he's coming in slowly. He's played thirty minutes and fifteen minutes. I mean, there's not. <sighs> yeah, it's it's going it's going to be difficult for him. I think probably if I have to feel sorry for one person in the United side, I think Jesse Lingard is it. I think the best thing that that man can do is he came on for all of four minutes against uh, Southampton. The best thing that can happen to him is um, for him to actually walk out of United. Uh, There's no no place for him. Uh, Ole obviously doesn't want him, although he says he does. Uh, And... I can't see Pogba not starting. I don't see Oli making the, those types of changes. I, I just don't see him in doing it. I don't think. I don't think he runs the team. Do, do you think? Do you think he's really in charge? Oli, <laughs> you know I've mentioned this before. I don't think. Yeah, but it, it, time changes things. We we can our opinions can change over time. We could. No, no, my my, <laughs> my opinion on Oli because even his substitutions as well. I mean, at halftime and things are not working. If you're down, 
he's too afraid. He's too afraid to make those calls, to make those decisions. Uh, and even he, he changes players too late in the game. And then one of the things he does often is he changes like for like. So if he's taking out a, a Greenwood, for example, or, or a Martial, um, he then brings in a Sancho to play in the exact same position. So tactically, he doesn't make those, like we saw, and I mentioned earlier, Jesus playing on the right for Man City. Uh, I've seen none of that from from Ole at all. So if you're a number nine, he replaces you like for like. And what's poor of him, he does it about 75 minutes um, from full time. So you got a 15-minute opportunity to come and make a difference when your team's chasing mm. uh, or, or, or to get the winner. Um, somehow, and I, there are a few coaches, I think, I think Klopp is also similar, but Klopp, Klopp generally does it uh, just to rest and uh, rest the players or give them prevent them from getting a knock. Uh, Ole does it just to because he has no options, in my opinion. Uh, does he run the side? I don't think so. But then I don't know who does. Uh, uh, Fernandez. My gut says Fernandez. Yes, my gut says Fernandez because Fernandez plays. Fernandez minutes is is crazy. Whether they're winning, I think, I think even the game against Leeds where they were up. For a guy that's played in the Euros and he's had a long season and predicting a long season coming uh, with all the cups and where were they involved in Europe, why not pull him off after 60 minutes uh, as an example instead of playing him right through? Um, I must actually just double-check how... I don't think Fernandez got subbed uh, in that first game. So, no, he didn't. He played the full so, minutes both, I think. So Ole, Ole continues uh, to, 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 to manage in that way. And as I said... Uh, I don't. I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe a manager uh, of his ilk uh, is capable of winning the Premier League, um, and we saw it against uh, Southampton. And I think, I think against Wolves, uh, there's another draw coming for them, and there'll be rumblings of why didn't Varane start? I think he's foolish to play Varane against against Adama Traore. Um They speak about Varane being very quick. Uh, but for that baptism of fire against Adama, Adama's stats, and I think we discussed it uh, at, at a stage uh, in the week, Adama's uh, stats is, is incredible, and uh, he's he's going to, he, he's bubbling under, so underlying stats. For Before stats, I mean, the, the eye test was like Adama's back. You, you know what I mean? You waited that whole season, and I think he's been that pressure of, not having to be the man because Jimenez is there allows Adama to flourish. Adama Traore is I, I really. I, I mean, I was looking at, uh, I was I was looking at bringing Deli Ali into my FPL squad, and you know, because I, I wasn't convinced, you know, because I wanted to get Spurs cover, and I, I didn't know if Bergwijn was going to play, and I really think Bergwijn's the better of the two. However, however. Adama Traore is, you talk about getting in before someone else gets in. You know what I mean? He's going, the day that he just gets it right and he gets that final touch or he gets it goals or he gets those assists to Jimenez, Adama can walk out with, dare I say it, Pogba assists. <laughs> I think I think they just need to get the right the right opposition to to run at, and I think you you absolutely hit the nail on the head there. That that could definitely be a possibility. So it's someone that I'm going to keep my eye on and uh, make it. Well, I'm definitely going to watch this. Um, 
the game that's coming, uh, and just to see uh, how Adama does against uh, a more seasoned backline against a better team, uh, if he does have that uh, opportunity. Um, <clears throat> so it'll be interesting. But I think Wolves, Wolves are hungry. They they're looking for they're looking for for a victory. So Dude, this look could at their results. I mean, yeah, we we say that. I just want to I just want to pull up here. They lost one 0 against against Leicester, and just uh, from from that uh, from those stats, Wolves took seventeen shots, three on goal. That's that's the, obviously where their problem comes in, right? Then when they played against Tottenham, they took, I think it was another, they took twenty five shots, six on target. As opposed to and look, Tottenham's always clinical and they, they they've been more clinical when it comes to their finishing. Eight shots, six on target, and they got they got their goal. But the fact is Wolves took twenty five shots against Tottenham. They took seventeen shots against Leicester. Not a ten man Leicester, an eleven man Leicester. A Leicester that had just come off winning the community shield. A Leicester that had won the FA Cup. What uh Wolves a year this season to play, and I, I think, think United drop three points. Well, they drop, three. they drop, they drop the point, and Wolves pick up all three. Wow, uh, they are at home. No, no, they are. Molyneux, Molyneux has been a bit of a fortress in in recent times. Uh, it'll be. I do think they concede as well, though. I, I'm not saying that they're, they're definitely not uh, going to be as defensively astute, albeit that they've conceded one goal per game. I think they uh, do concede this game, but I think they outscore United because I don't know uh, if Oli is is going to make the changes he needs to make with the squad that he has to set up for a Wolves team. Let's hope they do concede and Mason Greenwood gets the goal. He's also had quite a good start to the season. He's the FPL team as well. Um, <laughs> and uh, his clinical, uh, he, the, not the best of goals that he scored, um, over the weekend against Southampton, a bit of a fortuitous call because the spin, the spin. You know, actually, I think it hit. I think it hit McCarthy on on the butt and went in. Um, so it wasn't the best of finishes, and he's he's generally quite a quite a clinical uh, striker. So I'm, uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm. I'm still going to go for the draw. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Fernandez and the bandwagon that owns him uh, don't rub my face in it uh, come end of Sunday mm. um, I, I just I think based on Ole based on uh, the way Wolves play and I think and, and, it's, and it's a way I don't think Manchester United so you so your prediction is going to be that they lose this uh, uh, away record that they're chasing I think I don't know if they're tied yet uh, with, uh, the, with Ars- no, I think they're yeah I think Ars- they're actually ahead I think they're 26 uh, no I don't know Twenty six or something like that. Twenty seven is the record, if I'm not mistaken. So, so you believe Wolves stop them uh, from setting a record? Um, All I, good I, things again, must come to an end. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't own I don't own Bruno, and he could have hurt us over the previous game week. So let's hope uh, let's hope you're right. Let's hope Wolves get the victory. I um, think there's a lot of people looking at this that play FPL, and I suppose if you if you're a um, uh, a Fernandez owner that you're going, listen, everyone else is talking about captains in other places, but uh, Man United are playing Wolves and Wolves were pretty crappy last season. 
you know, Wolves are not that good. Wolves are a, a bottom table side. You know, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of belief that that is the case, and they're they're thinking they're thinking to themselves. You know, you got a captain Fernandez. I don't believe that Fernandez or Salah again is a captain's choice two weeks in a row for me. I'm in, I'm in agreement there. I'm in agreement there. Uh, I think I think one of the rules offered in terms of captaincy is captain the player who believes in get the highest points in the game week. I'm uh, between Ings and Wilson in my FPL team. Um, as, as I said, uh, my ambient is on uh, on Calvert Lewin, so I believe he's going to get the highest points uh, for me. Uh, Ings would have been Ings would have been my other choice. Uh, I do have Ings and Calvert Lewin, so I'm, I'm lucky there. Um, so um, yeah, I'm captaining. I'm captaining Calvert Lewin unless there's an injury or something untoward happens, or I find out a key player in uh, in the in the Aston Villa side uh, in the opposition. Who's Aston Villa playing again? Uh, Aston Villa um, playing Brentford. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know who the key defender in Brentford is, uh, but um, I'm probably gonna yeah, as I said, captaincy on Calvert Lewin. Okay, right, Jay. Um, do do you do you want to top up that coffee mug before we head into the FPL tips and chips? I'm good to go. If you if we need a yeah, let's rock it, bro. I just want to check. I just want to check because I, I know I know all the all the talking can get that uh, throat a little bit uh, a little bit dry. Right. So, Jay, tips and chips for the the Premier League weekend, FPL Premier League weekend. We're hitting the show now, starting effectively with that. So, for the listeners that are are only hopping in on this segment, if you want to get our full thoughts, make sure that you have or, or that you do listen to the full show as we do really do a deep dive into the game week coming up ahead. Now, Jay, just before we get into our our tips for this week, Bragging rights league game week two stars. Prashant Pollard hits 87 points. He moved up from 1 million to 200k in the world. So that's an 800,000 position rise. Pumlani, our, our reigning champion with PSM, uh, PS, sorry, PSMFC, he had 84 points. He's moved up from also 1 million to 385k in the world. So that's a 600,000 position rise. Ryan Curry, he hit 83 points. He moved up from uh, 2.1 million in the world to 800k, uh, so 1.2 million rise. Paulo Russia with Garfield, he had also 83 points, moving up from 2.8 million to 1.3 million in the world. And then the last of the Curry brothers, uh, Nick Curry, he's come in with 81 points, moving up from 2.2 million to 750k in the world. Um, I actually think I got, yeah, that's correct. Uh, and he's got an increase of 1.4 million positions. So what does that look like on our table right now? Prashant Pollard comes in on top with 179 points, 200,000 in the world. Uh, Greg Young, he has 75 points. He is, he's now sitting at 359,000 in the world. Uh, Pumlani, he had, like I said, the 84 points. He's sitting at 385k in the world. And then we've got Andrew Buntain, also another another man who did really well last season. He is uh, on 171 points, so he's 387k in the world. And then Christo Fenter uh, will be reaching out to old Christo. He must, I think, I don't know if that man is spending a day sober now. As a West Ham supporter, he must be celebrating uh, game game in game in game out. It must be wonderful 
for for Chris Defenta. He is now on 169 points along with Devin Kempen, uh, and they're around 474k in the world. So congratulations to those guys out there. Keep it up. I'd really, really still want to see someone from the LTV Sportscast Bragging Rights League hit into that top 1,000 and possibly even challenge to win, you know, obviously in your country and or actually win the whole thing would be tremendous. Jay, how's your things going? Well, I scored 63. I think my prediction was 67. I'm not happy with the defense and not getting the points out of the defense. I I think if you can stay consistent throughout and not have the high highs and the low lows, Mm. uh, I think I'm doing that. Uh, it's a bit boring. Uh, none of the players that I'm... And I ch- generally chase high ceiling and explosiveness. Uh, not the biggest uh, West Ham fan in terms of Antonio. And he, he had a phenomenal night last night. Uh, I had a okay-ish uh, game week, as I said. Four points out of what I aimed for, which I wanted 67. Uh, I moved uh, from four, four and a half million to three million, three hundred thousand. So it's nearly a million rise just been slightly above average i think uh not owning trent and, and the liverpool double up as well as the west ham uh duo as well impacted me uh, well not so much the duo just uh antonio i think in nearly every every side i look into has uh antonio i think except yourself and andreas um so antonio really rescued a lot of players game weeks last week um yeah we, we go again uh I almost I almost pulled the trigger to to wildcard and uh, and it's purely from a from a price rise and getting the the, the value point of view. Mm. Uh, I think what's stopping me right now, and uh, I'm not guaranteed that I won't hit the wildcard, is that it seems that there's another almost a new season of FPL that starts around that game week seven uh, timeline where the fixtures turn around for the likes of Chelsea and Man City and. Uh, yeah, I think uh, to be loaded up then and maybe play the wild card around then makes a lot more sense. Sure. So, Jay, tell me, any chips this week? If if you are going to play, I know the man uh, sitting number one in the world, he's already played his bench boost. I'm not sure what he did on game week one. It might be... It triple might captain. be <laughs> Maybe. Triple did he triple yeah, no, captain I, I, game? I believe, yeah, I believe the... I'm not sure. Maybe the number one's changed, uh, but uh, I think the number one, as at as at Sunday, had played his triple captain in game week one, and he played his bench boost. Okay, so that might be two. a little bit of blowing your load a little bit too early. So, so if if you are out there, I don't think playing the wild card is a bad idea, especially if you do want to get the value, like Jay is saying right now. But it might not be the greatest idea to be playing. Uh, wild um, triple captains and things like that. You're going to have to wait for those double game weeks. Though that triple captain was Salah getting him 51 points and not the worst triple captain. Yeah, so that was <laughs> a good day in the office for that gentleman that's in, in top in the who, world. Who did he triple captain, by the Salah. way? Salah. Yeah, it'd be even further if he triple captained uh, uh, Fernandez. Yeah. Yeah, so so yes, yeah, so there is there is a lot that is going on right now. The big thing is, I suppose, don't get out there right now and panic. I think uh, that will be 
something that a lot of new players, I remember myself at the beginning of last season, when when something doesn't go your way, there is still 36 more weeks. And I think Andreas showed that to us when he was, when he laid down the gauntlet to uh, Justin, um, uh, Mr. Mr. Lloyd, and and he said to and he said, you know, I'll catch you by the final, by by the final, by the final week, and he and he caught him by by one point. He landed up beating him by one point for the season. So there is there is value in in that. So don't be discouraged so early on that you have to pull the trigger. Although don't necessarily be afraid of the wild card. I think it's the only one that you should be considering playing right now. Right, Jay. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be the only. But again, there's no hard and fast rule in terms of it. It's just uh, as you alluded to, someone played their triple captain in a single game week, and we'll see uh, when the time that we play ours whether we have the same return um, as the individuals played it in a single game week. Last last season, I played it in a single game week in uh, the Leeds match with Marcus Rashford. He got a goal. He got an assist. And then he was taken off before the 60th minute uh, in a game where they won, I think it was 6-2, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Uh, so <clears throat> I think there's no hard and fast rule. And um, those of you who are seasoned or those of you who are playing it more seriously, maybe look towards that uh, double game, as Leighton has alluded to. But if you're looking to have a bit of fun and enjoy, at the end of the day, and I said this, uh, I think before the season kicked off, that it is a game you want, and it has to be fun. You're right. Yes, and you want to celebrate your your your, your crazy calls and your big punts. Uh, and I'm never going to be the one that that d- discourages that people going away, making those weird calls, captaining a defender, captaining captaining a, a wing back, for example, and and getting the return because that's where the enjoyment comes from. Uh, <clears throat> I captained Mane this week, and my other choice would have been Greenwood, and. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it makes it. I'm pleased to say that although they were not uh, two uh, popular choices, uh, both of them would have been right. So it means that my my reading of the game and my analysis is is pretty spot on uh, for this game. Anyway, mm. we'll see how that pans out. But you want to celebrate in that. You wanna you wanna take some of the risks and gambles, and when it pans out, uh, you wanna you wanna get the enjoyment there. Uh, if you're doing the same thing what everyone else is doing when they are doing it everywhere you get the same result as them and you don't generally catch up or make that make that gain. So absolutely to Leighton's point is what you're saying is look for the double game mix to maximize. Uh, but uh, yeah, if there's any chip that you want to play early doors uh, would be only the wild card in my opinion. Mm. So Jay, walking into this week, some must-haves. I think really Son, Vardy, Antonio Ings, DCL, th- those are those are people that you must kind of have in your team. I you would say Kane because these all your must has must be potential captains, right? They have to be a potential captain. Otherwise, why must you have him? Unless there is really a price point thing where you can pick a value that you know he's going to be um, picking a value as the weeks go on, like your Ben Rama. No, but, absolutely, and that's the reason why I actually brought in Ben Rama, because uh, being so low, he's probably going to he's probably going to be a six point five in no time, which then gives me a point four value increase in my in my team early doors. Uh, that was purely that, and you know, he's playing pretty well, and they're playing Crystal Palace. Um, I think I think everyone's going to get onto the Antonio train, and maybe it's a bit too late. His price is already seven point seven. Um, 
I, but what happens if it goes up to like 8.2, 7.7 now, it's still worth it? No, absolutely. Uh, is it whether, whether he still maintains that? And I mean, historically, if you look at the player, I mean, if it was a, it was a Mo Salah uh, as an example, I think Antonio's 30, 31, 32 years old. So has he, has he, what? Peaked or really? I swear he was yeah, a younger he, man than that. Uh, so he's he's towards the. Um, I'm sure you're googling his uh, age there. Yeah, for uh, sure, guy. So I don't I don't know if it, if he's if he's got a, a ceiling potential uh, and and his mean is that high. Uh, and once again, I think it's also important. And that's I thought I, I would have had I had him I, I had him as one of my strikers, but I thought the Newcastle game because I backed Newcastle to perform well against. They did perform fairly okay. And the Leicester game were going to be two tough fixtures. Uh, and thereafter, it became a little bit easier. And I didn't want to have him in my side, but I didn't expect Leicester to be 10 men against them. Um, so if you're looking against some value, but I believe, and I'm captaining him, and as you alluded to, as you say, must have, you must have a captaincy on him, is Calvert-Lewin. Uh, I'm expecting Calvert-Lewin to have quite a, a big showing uh, this weekend. Um, other than that, Ings... I, and I spoke about it earlier in the pod, is that Ings has delivered two goals in two games and his expected goals is nowhere. Uh, in fact, his expected goals over the last two games is one, so or 0.99. So he should have only had one goal in those two games. And he, so he's doubled his, his XG as such. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that have underperformed the XG in terms of only having two goals uh, would be or, or the one should I say is Calvert Lewin and based on his 2.28 xG, so he could have had a lot more. He's had 13 touches in the penalty area. He's had three shots uh, in the box. So for me, Calvert Lewin is the one that I'm looking at. And Layton, I think you've spoken about Traore. Yeah, I don't know if he's a must-have. But he's definitely <clears throat> going to. Well, I, I'm, I would like to yeah, put yeah, him would, into the. Yes, correct. Yeah, I won't yeah. say uh, you're right. But again, getting him early in terms of he's, he's bubbling under his, his expected goals is 1.45 and he's got no goals. So he should have had one and a half goals as such already. So if if things click and if that Wolves team uh, fire, he should be there and thereabouts. And I think the other one that we want to probably talk to and highlight could be could be Romelu Lukaku. I don't yes. know for this week if if this if this is the right week for him. For when when I look at a must have for for the team, I I really don't I I can't look at Liverpool assets and be like they'd point out one and say listen you must have have him over um, let's say Kane or Son because Son has to be the man. Son has to be the man for Tottenham. You know he's going to play. You don't know if Kane is going to play. You assume Kane is going to play, but you don't know if Kane is going to play. But so Son is going to play. But just on that, just on that uh, Lukaku, on that Lukaku stat, and I know it was Arsenal, but let's not throw throw away Arsenal just yet. Yeah, but it's one um, game. So he's at eleven. So that that I'll give context. So he's at eleven touches in the penalty area against Arsenal, whereas Antonio in two games has at fourteen, and Calvert Lewin in two games is at thirteen. So he's at eleven penalty area touches. Yeah, uh, but then what about Salah? Twenty what? He's He's underperformed his uh, his his xG in that game as well. So again, it's um, I'm not yeah I wouldn't say must have, but uh, we could have egg on our faces. Should he return and should he uh, um, go away from? Yeah, but uh, but there's a, the there's player. too much of a question there for a should uh, he. Uh, 
on, you know a, what I mean? on, on yeah, on eleven touches in the penalty area against Arsenal on his first game, one point four four goals. But uh, that's where it, he operates. Does he even fall looks, back out of the box? It looks like a gift toss. It looks like we're looking a gift toss in the mouth. Uh, currently, um, again, just based on stats. Yeah, but the, the, what I'm saying is, you, you've taken that from one game. How many touches in the box has Salah had? 28, 26, 23? You know it's in the 20s. I think I think it's 23. Uh, wait, hold on a second. I should. Uh, is, is Salah even on this list? Sure. Um, uh, 20, 28. 28 touches in the box, right? So by that very same logic, we're looking at gift horse in the mouth and sell as your man all day, every day, based uh, no, on touches uh, in the uh, box. Uh, no, so the two, the two components that I referred to was expected goals. So Salah's expected goals is 0.48, and he's got one goal so far. So he's overperformed his expected goals in the two games, whereas uh, Mr. Lukaku is at... So his touches, and so there's, that's the reason I built this, was to... Ha- Combine these two criteria. So his, his expected goals is 1.45, uh, sorry, 1.44, and his touches is 11 touches in the in the first half. So again, uh, it's just so there's two factors. It's not isolated just in terms of uh, touches. Okay, uh, I, I'd be interesting to uh, to look at your stats um, uh, at at some point. But yeah, then then tying in, I don't I don't. I don't look at a Chelsea Liverpool game and say, look, you know, that's a game I want to attack. But I am looking at a at a Tottenham game, and I'm thinking that's definitely a game I want to attack. There, there, there does seem to be it. It's more there, there's there's a higher confidence that comes in when Spurs play Watford than when Chelsea play Liverpool. When Chelsea are travelling to Liverpool, I I think you, you might be able to, like you're saying, you you might be seeing something there. Um, but the stat is isn't the same as playing a a Liverpool a Liverpool team. Okay, so then Jay, do we think Kane does start and play? Ah, Kane is a wait and see, as I mentioned to you earlier. It depends on whether he comes off the bench, whether he's whether his deal gets done. Uh, I think wait and see. It's a big big gamble. Not for what is it, twelve point four million. Uh, for that price point, I wouldn't. That's too much uh, to punt on, and not knowing. And does he click? Has he spent enough time with the guys in terms of preparation, or has his head been in been in Manchester City the last uh, how many weeks? Uh, four or five weeks he's been focused on that move. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't think. It, no, definitely not a must-have. Uh, that for me, for me, Kane will be in a wait and see uh, bracket. Okay. Unless unless you have uh, inside information that he's signing that signing a new deal or it's imminent or, or he's not definitely not going to Man City, then you could probably get him in early and get that benefit of the Son Son Kane connection, which they had last season, and which could very very well happen. But right now, if we're discussing must-haves, no, definitely not. Okay. Cool. What about Vardy in, in this game against? Um... Well, uh, Vardy, Vardy again. Who are they who are they bouncing back against? They're playing Norwich. Norwich. Uh, Vardy, if uh, if your if your team structure allows you to afford it, it's a good punt. Uh, but I think Vardy's at nine point four. I think he's dropped in value nine point four million mm. in the game. It's it's a lot, and you've got the likes of Antonio uh, Wilson, Lukaku, um, 
Calvert-Lewin uh, in that price range ends as well. So it's it's tough. It's tough for you to to get off them because uh, Antonio's got good fixtures. Calvert-Lewin, uh, Ings, uh, and as well as uh, Callum Wilson. So I don't know the much the great benefit of putting the extra 1.5 in some in some cases 2 million to get to a Vardy. But if your structures allow you to afford it, it's a great punt. He could he could return a hat trick against that Norwich side. But uh, I won't say must have. If you if you've got the, the funds. Go for it, but other than that, uh, I wouldn't jump onto Vardy. Okay, I think Son is actually uh, out, of, out of all of those. I think Son's probably the main man. Um, Jay, players we need to avoid for this weekend. Um, now we're, we're going to have to kind of look towards a, a premium type of player that we want to avoid. We want to we want to stay off. Do we want to stay off both? Chelsea and Liverpool assets, and this is again from a captaincy point of view. Are you going out of your way to bring in a Liverpool Chelsea asset in on this week? Should you be? It's a tough one, as I said, because I've been singing Lukaku's praises. Yeah, and I think he's amazing. I just don't know. And you also called him a flat track bully before. Yes, I have. And uh, is Liverpool a flat track? No, absolutely not. Uh, but he's obviously <clears throat> had, uh, had a change in, in fortunes in terms of his health and fitness and all of that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I was if if I was not going to captain Calvert Lewin, uh, my other option for captaincy, as I said earlier, would have been Sadio Mane. Um, he does get goals against uh, Chelsea as well, and he does mm. play well at well at Anfield. And, and his stats, his stats look pretty decent. In fact. Uh, from from the stats table that I have in front of me, uh, he's the highest. So 15 touches in the penalty area, 20 goal involved, or 20 opportunities for goal involvement, uh, goal attempts nine. Uh, there's only two players who has more goal attempts than Sadio Mane, which is Traore and Antonio, and his expected goals is 1.22. So based on his uh, goal attempts and his uh, penalty area touches, again, not just looking one one stat in isolation. Mm. Uh, I was going to, and he's got one goal, but the, the expected goals indicate that he should have had 1.22. Yes, you don't get a 0.22 off a goal, but he should have had more than what he's sitting with. So he would have been another opportun- uh, uh, captain opportunity for me. But uh, as I said, I'm, I'm quite bullish around Calvert-Lewin at the moment. Yeah, sure. Um, so... So while we're talking about players to avoid, <laughs> just going back to going back to that, I don't believe necessarily the de- the defense of uh, either Chelsea or Liverpool would be something that you'd want to. And this is talking purely about bringing people in, but let's talk about taking someone out. Um, Simikas, if you have him in your side. Now is the time to take him out because Robinson is back, and I can't see Robinson not starting against Chelsea. Uh, later, I'm in agreement there. I just want to say I think Simicus has looked phenomenal. I think fantastic, he man. A, he hasn't put a foot wrong, so it would be a bit harsh for the youngster to to see. The I think bench, he gave the best showing, though. What, what, yeah, that's what he needed from, to do. Even from an FBL FBL returns as well. I think he's been incredible. Clean sheet, clean shoot. Um, so there's been, uh, I think, I think there's been uh, no uh, no clean no 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 games in the last one two three four 
six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Over the over, more than ten fixtures has always been a goal for Liverpool and Chelsea. Mm. Uh, so um, the last time, in fact, Liverpool went down to Chelsea one 0 and then it was two 0 for Liverpool. So there's always goals in here. So you're absolutely right. Uh, from both teams' defensive assets, you shouldn't if you you wouldn't you don't be in a hurry to bring any of those defenders in. Uh, at the moment, uh, even Robertson to Simicas, I don't think it. I don't think yeah. it's a, a critical move uh, that needs to be made. This week's uh, not the time to make that move. Absolutely. Okay, then uh, quick question back back on the the defenders. Uh, Duffy for for Brighton has obviously they he's having the time of his life, but Brighton is again another. You don't. I don't think you go out of your way to get a Brighton defender in for this week as well against Everton. So those are the people that I think that you need to avoid. Um, have you got anyone else on the list that uh, that you need to avoid? Uh, from from a from a premium perspective, and I don't know if you're going to regard him as a premium, uh, would probably be Obama Yang. Uh, from Arsenal, if he's still regarded as a premium, uh, no, no, I don't think so. I don't even know. I think he's still. Is he fit again? Is he ready to go? He played. He came on. Twenty nine minutes. Yeah. He came on the second half uh, uh, for them. Uh, he, they're probably going to have to start him in terms of breaking their current uh, form line. But uh, yeah, I, I'd look at avoiding him mm. until. Uh, I'm not to say he won't return. He could. He could get two goals. But I think with players like that, uh, it's a wait and see, and then look to see how. How engaged, how much of shot involvement uh, they have in the game. Do you bring Pogba in? Never, no, ever, never, ever. <laughs> wow. uh, the, the man has got five assists in two games. He's he, he is uh, the glorious midfielder uh, that keeps on giving. And he's had three three returns the whole of last season. So uh, based based on reverting to mean, uh, I don't see any reason why I would uh, consider bringing uh, Paul Pogba in. I just want to look at the the season before that. Uh, so 20, 2019, 2020, he had three assists. And uh, the previous season, he had all of three assists. So he's had six assists in two years. So all of a sudden, he's got five assists. And I've got to believe that he's he should go on holiday again in terms of his attitude and work ethic. So, no. Okay. I mean, didn't need to be... Ugly about it. It's, I mean, he's just a player. Okay, then Jay. Um, some some other players that you might want to consider now. The, these are now. I'd like to think about the players that you that might be here flying underneath the radar or are coming in early days, like we're we're talking about uh, Ben Rama. You know, someone that you might want to get into your side. His his value will continue to rise. Even the other side is when we look past him. Uh, Thomas Suchek, he is fantastic. Game week, fantastic. in and out. Fantastic is fantastic. He's, think, At I six million, he's an enabler. From from a value, but he's the same value as Ben Rama. So then, do you go, do you go Ben Rama or do you go Suchek? Do you, do you go, go Ben Rama? Obviously. Do you go Traore or do you go uh, Suchek? Traore is going to be my pick, man. Uh, I think I, I've made that clear, and I think he he's going to turn some some different type of tide when um, when Wolves click a little bit and he he gets his connection going with Jimenez. Uh, I think that's going to be something very interesting. Grealish is now the question. He's not a premium player, but at eight million, and if he's going to get the time on the pitch. 
game week in Andreas, and out. I think Andreas hit the nail on the head regarding the fact that at 100 million, unless Champions League starts, he's got to play. And he's got the fitness. I mean, he, play, he hardly missed any games for Aston Villa for almost two years. So he's not injury prone as such. Mm. Um, so he will play. It's just the pep roulette that comes into play. Um, also interesting to see what happens with Sterling. Does Sterling leave the club? Does Sterling revert to playing on the right-hand side, which he did uh, mention before when uh, Leroy Sané was there and Sané played on the left? Uh, if if Grealish keeps that left and he's a lot more effective coming down the left channel, uh, he plays a lot more. He's good and he was deep in the box. He had a lot of a lot of opportunities. Uh, well, it was Norwich, but uh, he looked he looked very very involved. Uh, I, if I could, and if I was playing the wild card, really should be in my team. Okay. Jake, question for you. Um, we've, we've now mentioned Ben Rama at 6.2. We've mentioned uh, Suchek at 6. We've mentioned Traore at 6 million. Rafinha at 6.5. Is he better than all of them? <clears throat> Well, I have brought him into my side and I got a goal, so I'm, out of my recency bias, I'm going to say yes. Uh, I just, uh, I think I think he's, he's very involved for that lead side and Leeds is a very enterprising side and that's that's got to be, you got to look to see where your player, where your player uh, starts off and where's his uh, positioning in the game uh, and if they're hugging the touchline or if, they, if they're doing a lot of defensive tracking back work then you, you get off them, but Rafinha is very involved and he could uh, he could get you a few more goals, and his confidence after that scream is going to be high. Um, How high is his ceiling <sighs> compared to? Uh, well, Ben Rama and Traore. Is higher than Traore, definitely. Uh, I think him and Ben Rama probably are very similar. Um, but again, I think the Leeds team is a team that plays enterprising football. They could get so <clears throat> between, and it's going to sound stupid. Uh, between a Leeds and a West Ham, Leeds will get you a lot more three, three to four goals than a West Ham would. And I say that because West Ham scored now four twice. Mm. Uh, but I think overall, the course of the season, Leeds will get you, uh, and, and, it, and it may not be a, a no, or a, it could be a three-two or three-three uh, from a Leeds point of view. So you're going to get a lot more goals coming out of the Leeds. Uh, it'd be interesting if you can pull the stats so they can just see who got more goals last season between the two sides. Um, I just believe yeah, you should get a lot higher return in terms of goals um, from a lead side. And again, uh, it's crazy considering that West Ham has scored two. And if you get a team scoring a lot of goals, uh, Leeds outlets being predominantly Bamford uh, and a few out of, the, out of the defenders, and then Rafinha has been the other one. So uh, that's why I go Rafinha. Okay. So, Jay, um, West Ham, 62 goals last season. Leeds... 62 goals. <laughs> uh, that, that makes it, uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's incredible, eh? considering where they finished uh, on the table it as was, well. The, the goals conceded. I mean, Leeds got hurt. They conceded. There is too many that they conceded. They conceded 54. West Ham conceded 47. So the seven extra goals was a difference of six points. And, and currently now West Ham, so again, West Ham is sitting top of the top of the log. Leeds are sitting on one point. So if, if Leeds revert to mean, uh, they're going to catch up to West Ham in terms of goals at some stage. So probably a better punt uh, going with the Leeds player. Okay, cool. Jay, um, any other thoughts going into this weekend that uh, that FPL thoughts that, that you have? 
I think it's a little bit tough. I think uh, if you get your captaincy right this this game week, because uh, obviously Liverpool play uh, Liverpool play Chelsea, the Man City versus Arsenal. So there's no obvious captaincy choices unless you're going to be brave. Uh, so that's the four teams there, and a lot of people then look at the. I think that the only two other options they're looking at is uh, the Tottenham, um, the Tottenham and the Manchester United games. Uh, I don't think Wolves are going to be a soft touch. Uh, Watford could surprise. So I, my my tip is going to be if you get your captaincy right, and if it's uh, and and you get a return this game week, uh, it's, if you're having an average or mediocre season uh, like I am. You should be able to 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 rock it up in the early stages. So look at the stats, look at, listen to other pods or or whatever uh, data that you need to uh, get, and, and try and get the captaincy. I think this game week, should you nail it, uh, you you'll do significantly well in terms of overall ranking as well as your mini leagues. Okay, Jay. Uh, right now, at this very moment, I'm about to share my screen with you, so we can talk about the LTV Cerberus team. Right. Now, obviously, things did not go swimmingly this past week. We had, um, in defense, Luca Dean, who got us nothing. We had Marty, who got us nothing. Hey, we had Samarcus that uh, got us 11 points. <laughs> he was a top scorer in our team. Uh, Ferran Torres with three points, even though he put the ball into the back of the net twice, I think. Um, Barnes, two points. Salah, three points. Fernandez, one point. Ishmael Azhar, two points. Rashal is now captain on four points. And Callum Wilson, one whole point. Things went very poorly for the team. So, uh, I, I say I say we do two transfers this game week. So we take uh, some hits, right? One hit, yeah. I say Fernandez for Son. I don't know what you think on, on, on that uh, move. I'm starting to think that Salah out for Son might be the better option. I'll I, I tell you why, why I'm not... The Salah one, Salah's Sala, prices is grown in price. And then if we get him... And we definitely want to get him back later so on. So has Fernandez. Fernandez. He's also growing in price. Has he? Yeah, they've uh, both gone up uh, 0.1. Yeah, so that's the problem is that we, we won't get the benefit of the 0.1 right now. So we're basically selling them for the original price. But when we have to buy them back... We have to buy them back at the point one increase. So, okay, so are we it, are we setting to keep them in our team for the whole season? I, 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 I'm glad to get to see Fernandez out and probably bring Fernandez back in for the Newcastle game. Uh, I think they got Newcastle <laughs> next, um, and yeah, I think that's the game he brings Fernandez back uh, in. Uh, I don't know what's your thoughts on that. I just think it's. I tell you why we struggle because our team's really templatey. I think mm-hmm. without the Richarlison uh, Richarlison pick. Uh, the Wilson, Salah, and they, they, they got they got together three points the whole game week. Um, I'm thinking about taking out uh, Ferran Torres. And how much we, money do we have? Uh, 1.4 in the bank. I, <laughs> Torres, uh, Torres, out, uh, uh, Torres out for Grealish, I'd, I'd go. I don't know. Who would you want to bring in? Uh, uh, ben Rama might have a higher ceiling this week. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Again, I, I think it's going to be a very templatey move, uh, so because we and we that that was our that what hurt us last game, like is that as I said, um, I got Ben Rama in. I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say no to Ben Rama, but uh, I'm just saying I'm saying, I'm throwing it out there. We don't we don't have yeah. to put in Ben Rama um, if we wanted um, Tottenham cover. Deli Ali might be might be the man. I I, I like I like the Deli Ali Deli Ali call. Uh, 
Deli Ali for one of the big boys there. And wow, then we take... have a lot of... No, I was thinking if we do Fernandez. Yes, you really want to get rid of Fernandez. And then we bring in and we bring in a big hitter as a second transfer. Because then you then you free up a lot of money. Uh, okay, so there. let's say let's say for argument's sake, let's not commit to this yet. We drop Fernandez, we put in Son, right? Then if we have to drop Ishmael Azar because he's playing against uh, Spurs, do Spurs concede? You like their defense, so no. I like their defense, and I don't like the except Saar. I don't like the offense from Watford. Okay, uh, we can look at. Is there anything in the, in the value in in defense that we were looking at just now? I, well, I think I think get get, get uh, Livramento. I think Livramento coming in because uh, I think Tamikas has gone up. So if we take the Livramento, but it's just, it's a bit of a futile, a futile, a futile uh, transfer right now. But we know Tamikas is 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 not going to play. Uh, might as well get that because Livramento everyone is, is going to be a 4.4, 4.5 very quickly. So that's that's to get some value there uh, in that Tamikas to Livramento. Uh, Choice. Um, I don't think our front line is very potent, eh? Yeah, but we've got Bamford, Bamford for Leeds, Wilson, Wilson who, who I think is going to go off, and Richarlison. Uh, I, I think we're okay there in the forwards. <clears throat> what about Ferran Torres for Rafinha? And have no city cover. No, I'm not. City are playing Arsenal. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. You're right. Um, <laughs> How many knocks to... do you want to take? We can bring yeah, in. Just one. We're just, we're just having, we're just having a little bit of a, a little bit of a gander. Uh, this is this is my vicarious. Uh, I I use it as a vicarious team because uh, yeah, what I'm not going to do in my team, and uh, hopefully I could gamble in, in this with some of the choices. Um, what about that? We drop Ishmael Zion, we bring in Grealish. So, we, so let me just see, who did we take out in the front? We know we didn't take anyone out in the front. Okay, Ishmael Azar for Grealish, that's a good, that's a good call. Um, well, that, that's, 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 that's not a bad, that's not a bad team. Uh, they just need to return. It's been, I mean, Barnes has been flat. Uh, Grealish hasn't really done well that great thus far. So okay, so so let's uh, let's uh, make the transfers. We take out uh, we take two hits, Rafinha for Torres, uh, Fernandez for Son, and Grealish for Saw. Yeah, minus let's do that. eight. Eh? Okay, cool. Minus eight it is. Captain Son. Without a doubt, has to be. Yeah. Okay, vice captain, just in case he doesn't start, which I don't see that happening. Grealish, Grealish is uh, is VC, is VC. Um, sure. Who 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 in our midfield are we actually leaving out? Barnes. Barnes is no, not Norwich. Norwich. Actually, we made a poor call there, guy. We've committed to it. We we've already committed to it, but we. We kind of wanted Bam. Oh, you don't want Bamford, okay? Put Bamford as first up at. No, it doesn't really help because uh, 
the the only way that that doesn't help it, it's going to have to be Brandon Williams when Simikas does or doesn't play. Okay, it is what it is, man. Uh, and we shall take it from there, sir. Okay, Big J. Uh, listen, I know it's I know it's early in the week. Listen, you must have yourself a great week ahead. Uh, and by the time the the weekend rolls up, it's going to be uh, Premier League weekend. And who knows what our fantasy teams will look like? But I, I'll I'll get hold of you beforehand. And to all the listeners out there, it's a long week ahead. So enjoy it. Watch the news, and then uh, get get the get your FPL. Get your FPL teams ready for domination. Jay, have a great one. Cheers, man. Bye.